SpecFicMedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast with hosts E.G. Holyfield, Christiana Ellis, Chooch, Viv, and Nuchus. Okay, everybody. Keep doing the song. Come on. Surprised you're not turning on your bass up. Where's your baritone effect there, Chooch? Oh yeah. Failed opportunity. Lord. It wasn't a failed uh, opportunity. We made use of it, and we just didn't o- let it overstay its welcome. Yeah. Yes. We well, hey, everybody, and welcome said. to episode, I don't know what episode this is, two. Uh, well, episode well, two of season it. four of don't Beyond the Wall. I'm not don't talking about, like, the total number of episodes. But, uh, yeah, we had some excitement. Um, yeah, Chooch had a birthday. That was it. No, I mean, right. uh, on the show, we had... Yeah, it's somebody's birthday right now. It's somebody's that birthday is. right this minute. Ooh. Right now. Happy birthday, PG. <gasps> That's Happy me. Birthday. Happy birthday. Why, thanks, everybody. I didn't fish for that at all. No, you didn't. That means um, you really forgot it was your own birthday. <laughs> yeah, until this moment. But, no, we had, um, you know, The Lion and the Rose, which... Oh. Uh, you know, the subtitle uh, that for that should be get that boy some Benadryl and an EpiPen. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I guess they didn't have those in Westeros. So we had a big Milk event. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't need to spoil this for you, Chooch, but Joffrey died. Yay! Rejoice, rejoice. Poor Chooch has been waiting for like a season and a half. You know, I, I, I must say that, you know, um, the probably the most magical thing about the show is that in those last moments, you actually felt for Joffrey. Oh, my God. Thank God I'm not me. the only one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was so hard to watch. No. And I, I, I knew this would happen to Viv because, you know, she's all about the raping of souls. And, Shut uh, you up. Know, it's a baby. baby. I mean, how old is he? Baby. How old is he? He's like 15 yeah. years old. Yeah, but I have a 17 year old. Fuck yeah. you. That's a child. <laughs> but Watching you know, he's, he is so lying. He is just reduced that. to this, this weak, baby, helpless child. Like you Held said, in the arms of his mother and then, father. and then mother who could not do anything while watching her baby die. Yeah. Yay. We got Tommen. <laughs> He's so adorable in this episode. Yeah, yeah. there's only one thing. And again, really we have uh, a recast actor, so uh, a recast character. So, well, yeah, it, isn't it like two years later or something like that? Yeah, two yeah. years later through ten years. Well, not that oh, much, there is a big leap of there's like a whole yeah, he did growth grow. of boys between those ages though. Serious for serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he does look a lot older than he should be from the time when he was sitting on mommy's lap about to be poisoned to death. Right, um, right. When they wanted him to look really vulnerable, but, but not as much as dragons. So yeah. Christiana has that. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> happy birthdays all around from Nicole and the audience. Uh, happy name day, PG. So I, I can't kill anybody today because that's bad luck. <laughs> yeah. So we're all safe. Yeah. Although, I'm just thinking, I think what Santa talked him into doing instead, that was really mm-hmm. better luck in the long term. Hmm. I don't know. Sardanto seemed to like it. <laughs> I don't know. Sardanto seems to have a lady at his side right now, so he's doing okay. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I think was great um, in, in the books too, but in the show is a little bit like what you're talking about, how even, even as much as we hate Joffrey, that there is that little bit of, it, it's hard to see any human suffering in, in that way. You know, like even when you feel like he deserves to die, that was just an awful way and you to want, go. And but, I think, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry, but the other the other aspect of it is just what it, it's recognizing what Martin is training us to do, which is to never want anything. Because <laughs> no shit. You, even if you ever get what you want, it'll be horrible in some way. It's like a monkey's paw. Yeah. So like yeah. everyone wants Joffrey to be dead, and then he dies in this awful. Yeah. Way, and then all of a sudden. Tyrion's standing there going, hmm, look at that wine cup. I wonder That's if it's a problem. And then Cersei's like, he did it. Like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad for Joffrey at all. Nope. It was, it no. was feel bad for the way that he died. I don't feel bad for the purple <laughs> face. I feel bad for Jamie. Well, well, for Joffrey, there's one thing. It didn't last long enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, remind me not to piss you off again. <laughs> like I, you know, and like I mentioned last week, the you know Jack Gleason just owned that role, and just he's oh he's gotten so good at it. I was actually looking forward to seeing scenes yeah. with him and oh him being gosh. on screen just to see what would happen, rather than in season one where you just you know wanted him to be slapped for being a yeah. Slapped and called a cunt by his uncle. <laughs> Jack Gleason is an amazing actor. He really is. I would love to see him in anything, even though he's going off to university and says he's not going to act anymore. Maybe we'll get him back you know, later. Is, may I ask Chooch a question, which I already mm-hmm. posed to him to give him time to think about it, which was, did the announcement that was about one week ago that, mm. that he was going to give up acting when his role was completed on Game of Thrones... Did you consider that to be a spoiler at all? Because what a weird thing to say if he's in this, if he's in the fourth and fifth book. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Okay. <laughs> Cause it was, you know, uh, just, a, I was pissed. It was just okay. an overall interview. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought the timing of it was fantastic, but I, I, I've considered it almost Almost. Well, see, it's tricky because you start getting into really weird, like meta spoilers, like like what we've encountered occasionally, where we will be watching the episode, and we sure some of us, you know, who've read the books, know what's going to happen, but when we're sort of walling that part of our brains off and just speculating based on what we've seen on the show, sometimes right. people will say, "Oh, spoiler," and we're like. 
we didn't spoil anything. We're just speculating just like you could. Right. And, and likewise, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I've seen on message boards where, you know, like, you know, comments after a recap or something where um, someone will say what's obviously a joke and people yell at them for spoiling. And then someone just, you know, and then but it's people, I, especially, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think I, if somebody is reading a thread about Game of Thrones and then are surprised when they're spoiled, well, well goddamn, you might want to rethink your process. You know well, what I mean? With the caveat that if someone's reading a thread about the show, they shouldn't necessarily have to be too worried about spoilers for later stuff in the books. Kind of like what we're doing. Although it's a hazard, but I'm just saying I think that's more reasonable that yeah. they. There are many, and and just just to give the other side, um, there are many series that I I come across in movie form, and I never go back and read the books, and so um, in an effort to prevent myself from being spoiled, you know, I will avoid that whole realm of thing. If I see something that says, if I hadn't read Game of Thrones yet, and I didn't know what might be coming if they left it intact, as the book had it then that would be, you know, one thing, but we don't know how they're going to interpret it. So we can't, we can, we could spoil things mm -hmm. that are in the book, but I mean, it's nothing. I think that you wouldn't find out if you weren't someone that was trying to block that information out. If I hadn't read G Game of Thrones, I, anything that started with GOT or Game of Thrones, I wouldn't read the rest of for fear of spoiling myself. But that's yeah. just, that's just me because I don't even like, which was trying to, um, gosh, what was it, honey? It was, uh, it may have been something about Vikings, and it was like uh, it took us out of the immersion, and it showed it mm. uh, how they did how they filmed it. And I oh, hate right, those yeah. because it does pull me out of the immersion, and it makes it harder for me to kind of. Right. Well, we could spend all the whole show on the we the wedding and the aftermath, but I think we should hit mm. the other scenes so we could you know right spend on. the last right, hour. Show my my new toy first. Yeah, actually, oh, I did. But before I miss, I did want to say just to answer uh, Stu's question here. Uh, I watched the pie opening scene several times and can't for the life of me tell what the point of showing the ooze or whatever the hell that was inside. I'm thinking bird shit. No, no, no. it's uh, he it's him. it's another example of uh, how sharp uh, Valerian steel is because uh, instead of just opening the top of the pie, he cut all the way down and killed some uh yeah so some birds the uh there was, there was sorry <laughs> go ahead i was just gonna say it also shows uh the carelessness of joffrey um it's kind of a known thing that you just break open the seal and then the birds fly out but no he has to go full gusto and cut all the way through oh and yes so he's all careless. everything mm -hmm. and what was christiana gonna say I was just going to say what we saw in there was a couple of dead uh, birds, including one the head where it kind of the, the little thing that sort of plops is one of the heads. Yeah, <laughs> awesome stuff. So we're going to jump. Uh, actually, what we usually do, and I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on this because uh, everybody loved the episode. Can we say that? Well, yeah, but what I was also going to say, should I show my toys first or do you want to say yeah, that? Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I, like I want the toys right now. So. All right. So if my fiance wants to show her new toys, then my fiance <laughs> gets to show them. <laughs> Wait, you guys are engaged. Did I miss something last yeah, week? We Obviously, we missed a lot. Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> so, 
toys. Um, I saw these on a website, and because it was my birthday week, I could not resist, especially mm -hmm. since I I like these anyway. But uh, you may have recognized. Let's see. Let me get my uh, autofocus thing up. So in the meme roundup last week, uh, you may have seen this. Hang on, I have to get my and <laughs> see. Uh, and then, oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I right. it's taking see. me a second to deal with this uh, focus. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there's so types a lot. Yes, there's types see, a lot. Here's the thing. Pretty great. Yeah. But it's only one of the whole set. Mm -hmm. Wow. So let me think. Uh, let's see what order. Here, how about this? And for those listening after the fact that that was a Lego of George R. R. Martin, uh, yeah. sure types a lot. It's Drogo and Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> you see Daenerys has got the, I, I, my interpretation is that she just finished with the heart eating scene. That's why her, her hands are mm. uh, oh, discolored yeah. there. They're covered with blood. That so. is so cool. And his ach is huge. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, you know, they had to make do with what, what Lego weapons were available because they're not official, obviously, but, uh, but they should be. Although she's got some weird little cheek lines. I don't know about that, but anyway, um, it looks more like Melisandre in my mind. Oh, uh, well, that's even better. Let's see. <laughs> John and Egret. John. Egret. Oh. She's got a little spear with them. Came. Lloyd oh, Walker. Cool. Let's see. Also got Varys. Varys. Wow. Oh, look at the detail on his um, robes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Let's see. We got Brienne oh, and yes. uh, a little season one Jamie here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just pop the hand off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the, with the white armor. <laughs> well, you know, also just looking good in his armor, the longer hair. Mm -hmm. No longer hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Arya. Ah! Now, here's the thing. <laughs> this is how Arya came. But because I'm a Lego geek and I have a bunch of other Lego figures, I was able to do. I'm going to have a needle. Oh, nice. That is so cool. And you can see also, actually, that she's one of the um, little Legos. So she's actually smaller. Than oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> smaller than the others. Oh, and darn, Christiana, I, I didn't have you in focus, so you got to do that whole thing again. No, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, wow. Cool. So here's a little skit. <laughs> You're kind of a dick. You're, asking, you're not asking very nicely. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me have some wine. I can't decide whether I'm happy he's dead or sad that I am now going to be imprisoned for it. Mm. <laughs> and scene. And scene. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Beautiful. Christiana, those are so cool. I may sell <laughs> a child to get them. Oh my god, they're so I don't great. have any children, so I'll just sell a random child. <laughs> I, I already cool. have a spot on my desk at work where I'm going to basically lay them all out, but I, I had to wait till I could show them on the show here. So. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah, anyway. our general our general impressions of the show, I think, uh, are should be pretty across the board here. So, 
uh, we're going to jump over and get the, the two other, the uh, two other major scenes out of the way. So the show opens with uh, Ramsey. Have you made the statement yet that George wrote this episode? Cause that's kind of key information. Uh, we did last week, but okay. uh, this is, but you weren't there. So we will we'll say, well, yes, this I mean, was, we're talking um, about it now. So it's probably a good time to mention it too. <laughs> uh, yes, this was the one episode this season that was written by George. Uh, it was directed by Alex Graves, who uh, this is his first episode uh, for the show. He's best known for doing West Wing. And I think that uh, as a big West Wing fan, that you could definitely see some of his West Wing directorial chops with handling a large group in a, a people in a yeah. in an area and cutting between things and doing cool shots of people in focus and out of focus and all this stuff that was going on that was really yeah. fun to watch in the episode. So that explains uh, the slightly shaky cam, you know, the walking and talking cam. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was exciting um, to have that many people in one place. You did have to have like all kinds of dynamic ways to record it, you know? We've not had that yeah, many in, in the, one place before. In the, in the inside the episode thing, they were talking about that, that this is definitely the one, probably the one episode with the most people, primary characters in one yeah. place at one time. So Yeah. Um, so getting back to the beginning of the episode, um, we have the the Bolton around the Dread Fort and things that happen there. Uh, we see Ramsey and uh, uh, Miranda, who was one of the naked girls uh, enticing Theon last season. Um, and she uh, she's she. It wasn't just a uh, a one time thing. It looks like she's pretty sick as well. <laughs> These yeah. Yeah. But but wasn't wasn't the girl there chasing the other girl from that That's scene? What I was gonna it, ask. Yeah. I didn't think it is. Not. It is not. If you, it's not the same actress, and I don't know. I didn't rewatch the episode. I did look to see once I knew that Miranda was the same girl. I went mm. and looked, and it was a different actress, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean anything in Game of Thrones. But I don't remember them naming, calling out the name Tan, Tansy, you know, in that scene. So I don't know. I would trust your memory to that, PG. <laughs> I thought the name Tansy was very interesting. The yeah. name that we yeah here in the show. Yeah, it's a it's a name that was imp- well somewhat important in the book as far as a mystery that's never been really answered. Uh, uh, nutty, well, if you want. Yeah. The, uh, when Catelyn's hey. father's dying, he mistakes her for Lysa. And he keeps saying something about Tansy and she has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And I don't want to say any more because any more that we find out about that story happens in Dance with Dragons. Or is it Feast for Crows? One of them. They happen at the same time. (laughs) So, yes. Yes. Um, So that was, yeah, interesting seeing them chasing a girl with with Tansy, with, with the hounds and a broken Theon limping behind them. Um, you know, sort of, we see the, the, uh, results of his torture and how he's acting now and all that stuff. And, um, uh, from there, uh, we go to, uh, the arrival of, uh, well, actually we go to King's Landing for a while, but we'll finish up the, the Dreadfort stuff. Uh, we had, uh, Oh, I do like when they show 
Theon Reek, all bummed out, and the first thing they show is a sausage being served. <laughs> yes, I was love. dying. <laughs> Go on. Yes, that was perfect. Um, we had Ramsey, or excuse me, we had Reese Bolton arriving with his lovely wife, and uh, just the look on on Ramsey's face when he's like, "Oh, mother," and goes to kiss her, and uh, I just love his psychopathic. <laughs> he can just flip that switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the detail that may people may not remember, um, but uh, Roose Bolton actually told this story uh, uh, last season, which was basically this was when uh, Edmer was complaining about not getting to choose his wife, and mm-hmm. and Roose Bolton was basically saying, "Yeah, I got my choice, and I was told that her dowry would be her weight in gold, so I picked the fattest one." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the portrayal of Fat Walda in this. Like, she's all nervous, and then Creepy McFucko is like, oh, mother, and he gives her a kiss, and she looks genuinely happy, like, yeah. oh, he accepts me. And she doesn't know that he's Creepy yeah. McFucko yet, but yeah, I don't think it's kind of me. Yeah. I this think is you a should. very small character in the books, but one that I like because it's... You know, it shows how very clever Roos is. And, um, well, and, and, and there are other things. I, I'm stopping myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like, I like Fat Walda, and it just reminds us that there are so many frays, and they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, you know, we learn that, uh, well, Locke and, and, uh, is there as well, and he and uh Ramsey share a good laugh over Jamie's uh Jamie losing his hand. Oh he screamed, you would have loved it. <laughs> oh, because of oh course those two get along, right? Of course. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. the best of friends, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and then we have a scene in the uh inside the Dreadfort where uh um or excuse me, Roos asked to see um Theon. Theon is presented. Of course, he is less of a man than he used to be, so to speak. And he, uh, Roos is not happy. And, um, in order to prove his, his, that his tactics were sound, he, uh, uh, Ramsey, you know, has Theon shave him and in the middle of the shaving tells him, uh, point blank that, Rob is dead and that, mm-hmm. you know, Bruce killed him, stabbed him in the heart. And, uh, you know, old Reek doesn't do anything, <laughs> but keep shaving. So, right. well, so one of the things feel. though that I would like to point out is that I think it's a, a dubious proof that Ramsey's tactics are sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's, um, it, it's a little bit more for Bruce. Like maybe it's not a completely lost cause. But, you know, as impressive a demonstration as it is, albeit also just crazy, you know, yeah. for, you know, it's like it, it was a it was a dumb, reckless thing for Ramsey to do, even if how, he's sure. It shows how but, crazy he is. Yeah. But well, and pushing it, too, because it's one thing to say, here, shave me. And yeah. then also I'm going to tell you this piece of information in the middle of it. About um, although that. what I thought he was going to do is is sort of lean into it a little bit to get a little bit of a cut just to sort of glare at Theon like mm-hmm. <laughs> now look what you did but um uh the 
the other aspect of it too, though, is just that, you know, first we, we need to remember that, you know, Roos knew Theon that this wasn't before, this was not like their first meeting. So right. certainly the, the, the change is dramatic, but yes. he's not impressed because that was not the point. The point right. was he's a prisoner that we can trade like a poker chip. Mm-hmm. And now you have made him way, way, way less valuable and apparently decided to open terms in your own way without <laughs> consulting me about it. That's not okay. <laughs> no. yeah. And he didn't even mention I, the part that uh, along with the terms, he sent a penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that. Which was actually the primary no. thing that made um, Balon decide not to. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the other thing is that other than Alaria Sand, who we met in episode one, you don't see many bastards that are held in any great regard. So for Roos to have said, my bastard, I'll send my bastard and they'll retake Winterfell. I mean, for that to be the go-to does a lot. He didn't choose like another bannerman or another lord or somebody on his level since he didn't have an heir yet. He he went to his bastard. And, and so that spoke to how much he respects him and how much he thinks he's got him um, and you know, in uh, in heel. Well, but th- what he says in this one is that he actually regrets that. It's like I gave you too much trust because you screwed right. it up. Right. But mm-hmm. then at the end, he after he sees what the information that Reek presents, he then gives him now go get Moat Kalen and get it for the family, which you know means more people skinning. So he's super excited about that. Well, isn't I, it because he sees Mo Kalen as lost cause? He was, I mean, he was that's, pissed, that's, but that's, I, there's no doubt that he was pissed. But I think that you don't think that Ramsey was redeemed and Roos. Uh, no, I, I no. think so. I think what it was is Roos went from you have ruined the plan. It is a lost cause. It's done now, and I'm furious. And he took it to, well. You think this is going to work? I will at least give you a chance to try it, but I'm still pissed. Is the way yeah. I took it. It was not redeemed at all. It was like, well, maybe it's not completely ruined. It's not a lot. Give you a shot. I'm going to make lemonade here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're forgetting my favorite part of this scene when he says, "Shave me," and Ruth looks very concerned. And he says, "Well, I'm not a real bolt." And he's like. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. Go ahead, shave him. Well, yeah, he had just pointed it out that to him in the scene before. At first, he's concerned, and then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll risk your life. That's okay." <laughs> I think it is legitimately giving him a chance, but it's it's something that he doesn't think he can do. He's like, you know, yeah, if you can pull that off, then you're redeemed. Yeah, yeah. And there's no. Uh, it just seems to me like giving him permission there. to giving permission for him to go in his name, the Bolton name, and go flay people, which it is clearly one of his favorite hobbies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems almost well, like a reward to me. It's better than throwing him in a cell somewhere. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's as likely to get him killed as anything else. Because his whole his whole point is that he thinks that Ramsey has ruined the ability to try to negotiate with them. Because remember, he's not going to negotiate with another, you know, honorable lord here. This is the Iron Man, Iron Man wreaking havoc right. in the north and holding, you know, this crucial passage prisoner. 
as far as he's concerned, they're a bunch of savages that if okay, you can yeah, get them right. to go away at all, then that's great. Otherwise, he could care less about any of them. Mm. Yeah, and Tony Stark doesn't take any shit, right? <laughs> you said Iron Man earlier. I just oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the two, pieces, the two pieces of information that come out are that, uh, well, um, that's Bran and Rickon are not dead. Uh, he mm-hmm. did not burn them, which, of course, we already knew, but uh, uh, first time he admits that. And then uh, the other piece being that they may have gone to the wall since that's where the bastard brother John is. And of course, like we said earlier, uh, Roose Bolton knows, knows John just like the rest of the Starks. So, uh, he, he sends, uh, not only does he send Ramsey to try to re try to take Mo Kalen, but he sends Locke on a hunt to find the boys and go to the wall as well and maybe handle something there as well. So, We'll see how that uh, proceeds. So one of the things we talked about a lot last season was the extended torture scenes that we had to endure, whether or not it was good use of screen time to the extent that they, uh, that they went, kept going back to it. And so the idea of how uh, Reek Theon, um, you know, is acting now or appears to, you know, have been broken and does it make those scenes more uh the purpose behind those scenes more acceptable as far as how much they showed or could it do you do you think that they could have gotten away with not showing as much but still have the idea of yes, they completely broke the broke him and you know, this is the result of that. I think they still I- spent way too much time. Yeah, I I tend to still be partly just because although the practicalities of the show, obviously they can't just not have the actor for a season that doesn't work. Um, but what I mean, the way it is in the books is like all this stuff that we're seeing with Theon now is all related after the fact in, in, in the books. Now it's, you can't really do that in the show the same way. You don't want to have a flashback. The show doesn't do flashbacks. But at the same time, I feel like in a way, if we just didn't see Theon for a while and then he shows back up and he's acting like this and we're told he's acting like this because he's been tortured, it just leaves all that to the imagination. And I think we still buy it. It's just yeah, we didn't have to spend all the screen time on it. Agreed. I think I it's interesting. You know, I, I like my memory. Uh, I read book four once and my memory is hazy of it. Haven't read book five yet, so for me, it's it's still it's a fascinating thing to see mm-hmm. where Theon came from. You know, think of the first time you saw him, mm-hmm. and uh, and how he is now. It's it's just a fascinating kind of fall. You know mm-hmm. how how much further is he going to be dragged around before he finally is killed off, like Joffrey or somebody? You know. Yeah. I, you, I will you say. Read- Go ahead. I will say, I rewatching season three, they didn't bother me as much as they did before. Because you were expecting them? Maybe. Well, yeah, but still. I did want to mention one other great, great acting moment I thought for, for, for Ramsey was when he was explaining to Tansy that she had to be killed because he's, because Miranda's jealous and he, he's just like, oh, you can see. How you become a problem? Yeah, <laughs> he has that look on his face. 
that actor is so good. Um, I'm, I'm, we have so many good actors on this show. It's amazing, though, how many of them are the ones that you like to hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need some because we lost one this time. That's true. Um, what What do you guys think, though? I'd lay even odds that Miranda's on the other end of the one of these hunts by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's my. That would be that would be the good uh, yeah the good circle for that for that uh, story. And so listeners, this is no spoiler because she's not in the books. Yeah. True. So. This is speculation. Yes. <laughs> None of this stuff we're seeing with Ramsey was was ever directly shown. So there's all sorts of room for them to tell lots Thank of you. subplot stories. I'm so, so relieved because I didn't remember any of this stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you only get reference to it in Dance with Dragons, which you haven't read yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, book four doesn't cover him at all. Yeah. Right on. Okay, that makes sense then. So be prepared. <laughs> I guess we might want to actually be careful about because is that a spoiler if we say that somebody comes back in another book? Well, we but, said last season when we were talking about him being tortured, we yeah. said that this was not oh, it was not right. ever shown in the books. That's right. Um, it was only implied later. Yeah. yeah. It's not a spoiler now to say, oops, turns out Theon's alive. Yeah. After after <laughs> taking Winterfell, right? I mean, because we're seeing him. So <laughs> Yeah, and anybody that is watching the show and goes to read the books, the big thing is they keep calling this character Reek. Anybody that's yeah. watching the show now, they know, oh, Reek, that's Theon, which was the yeah. big secret in the book, you know. So. In, in book two, there was actually another Reek dating. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So With basically, your- in the book, he becomes the new Reek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving from from the uh, Bolton uh, or the Dreadfort, we have uh, uh, our first sight this season of Bran and uh, his crew um, and Hodor. We get the uh, uh, the warging uh, where he's obviously in in summer and takes down a deer and then is very very angrily uh, or he's awakened and becomes angry because he's awakened by. Uh, Mira, and uh, after a vision, which uh, is very interesting, if you go back and rewatch and see, you know see all the little different images they're showing and that sort of stuff. Well, I guess that's later. Never mind. But uh, <laughs> after the, after the warring wakes up and uh, you know gets he's angry because he's 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 been awakened. Uh, he um, you know they have the discussion about you can get lost in your in your animal that you're that you're in. Even you know it's a temptation. Please you know can't do that uh but of course bran is a little bit different than they keep saying he's powerful he's able to mm. work into a human like he did with hodor and they stuff like that so they don't give him any good reasons not to mm-hmm. you'll forget well, about your family yeah. you'll get lost you can walk again you can you know like yeah. Yeah. Well, where, where they what's did the point downside out that as good as it feels for him to eat while in summer it's not going to sustain his actual body all right, right. um what I thought was great about that scene and performance too is just how it it showed kind of exactly what you were just saying, which is that their reasons for why he shouldn't do that are not reaching him. He's not internalizing that he is, he is that scene still pissed that they woke him up. 
Yeah. Oh, darn. I won't remember my family that I may never be able to see again Mm -hmm. anyway. And so many have died. I won't remember the pain that I've been through. I won't remember the fact that I'm paralyzed. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that I might be stuck in, in summer forever and just be that maybe not such a bad thing in Bran's eyes at this point in his life. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, he does run on a little and then they, has, it looks like he took way too much bread for Mira's taste because she was like, you took the whole thing. <laughs> and then uh, they, they move along and then they, uh, they spot on impression, by the way. Did you like that? That, was, <laughs> yeah. that is my, thank you. Mira. Impression. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then they find summer actually beside a weirwood, a, 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 one of the, the godswood trees. And he goes and uh, Hodor carries him over. And then he has his vision where he sees a lot of things from the from the past and the present and future uh, or possible futures. And then uh, uh, here's the voice. What does the voice say? Come find, find me north. North. Yep. So uh, he wakes up and says, I know where we're going. Yep. So, um, um, some of the imagery in his vision was um, either the same or very similar to some mm. of the imagery Daenerys when she's mm. in the house of undying in season yeah. two. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, throne, the iron the throne, throne room with the roof gone and snowing, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys notice uh, King's Landing with the silhouette of a dragon? Oh, oh, big ass yeah. silhouette, yeah. Yep. That was cool. Yep. And, and then, then the, the very huge tree. Mm-hmm. That looks bigger than any any other werewolves that we've seen yeah. so far. Godswood, so um, that that definitely looks like it could be fun. Um, yeah, but he uh, that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and sort of had those repeat sort of the repeat visions of like when he was start, first starting to have his visions. You know, seeing the mm-hmm. three eyed three eyed crow and seeing the the. Mm-hmm. Crow flying down the 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 cemetery, whatever the tunnels where the all the Starks are buried, and things yeah. like the catacombs. Yeah. Um. So, good callback for that, and uh, you know, seeing his his powers increase as he's continues his his journey. Um. You know, we have the the which we'll get to in a second. The the stuff with uh with Melisandre and Stannis, but the whole idea of you know, there's a whole lot that makes Melisandre look like she knows what the hell she's talking about, mm-hmm. you know, as far as religion yeah. and power and things like that. But then you have Bran who sort of represents the old, the old gods and, and still that's sort of spiritual side of, of things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting that they usually play those off each other. They'll have yeah. one, one right after the other to sort of show that. So mm-hmm. interesting to see how that uh, how that plays out, uh, in both the books and the show. So, Chooch, what did you think of the visions? I think it's similar to Danny's visions. Um, I didn't really get too much out of them. They were very cryptic, so... (laughs) I definitely was trying to think it through, and what could that mean, what could that mean, but they flashed by so fast, and I think, you know, we bounced back because we did see that the one was the same as Danny's. But other than that, I didn't really analyze them too much. <laughs> yeah. 
It was, um, yeah, his fall, him hearing Cersei and Jamie together and the zombie horse. And he, he had some visions with Ned, too, that he wouldn't have seen himself. I guess yeah. in, in my head, it's it's like past, present, and possible futures. Right. So I don't know that I put yeah. too much stock in it. Yeah. All yeah. right. Hearing Cersei's voice saying, he saw us. He saw us. <laughs> Again, another dead-on impression. Get it there. Go on the road. And then, uh, and then the idea that you know he sees himself falling, but from the ground rather than right, if you're, right, if right. you're thinking that, you know, a vision well, being his point of view, or you know, a, a bunch of those clips were just recycled clips from the previous yeah. episode. But uh, the idea of being <laughs> that POV, though, he's, he's, he's no, well, it, so the the shot of he's him everywhere, going. or you know, yeah. yes, that that was definitely a, a, just like Ned in the cells and sharpening yeah, the sword. Right. That, that, those are, it's all recycled, but still, the idea of him being. You know, if he's having these visions, he's he has a different point of view because of, you know, the fact that he's mm-hmm. in all these places or seeing these things from a different perspective. That's all. Awesome. Uh, Teal Wolf suggests in Q and A that uh, Brand's scenes might actually get exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, some of us do. Like, I mean, you know, you you have Brand's story, which. Again, like sort of like a lot of Daenerys's story of the season, she was just wandering in the desert. You know, it can be pretty boring because it's just uh, you know a travel type thing. But hopefully, uh, yeah, we, we get some more uh, more of the spiritual stuff, and it's it's very cool to see. At least Daenerys has horses. Uh, Bran and his party—they're <laughs> all on foot, and most of them are kids. Um, but uh, the only scene in his vision that Get, made me wonder, like, made me go, why is that there? Was the scene in the black cells, but everything else, and I won't say why, but everything else, I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then the scene in the black cells, I was like, why is that one there? I think it's just more of the, you know, seeing the past and seeing these things mm-hmm. that he, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't have normally, he wouldn't, of course, be there to see or have, well, you know, I think the implication is that he's being sent the vision from the same entity that sent him the vision of Ned in mm. the Black Cells before. Was Ned in the Black Cells or was Ned in the... Yes, he was in the Black Cells. No, he was in the Black Well, so... Boris visits him and stuff. Where Ned really okay. was, was in the okay. Black Cells. But Bran while, seeing him in the tombs. Yes. Okay, understood. Thank All the sh- the show did was just it showed clips from mm. when that was happening. So it, okay, yeah. So those hey, were how about that shots of Sean Bean? Those were clips from the previous season. <laughs> What's that, Viv? Hey, how about that, Tyrion? <laughs> I love that. Before we get there, we're gonna go over to to talk about Stannis and. We're saving the best for last, Viv. Yeah, I'm sorry, Viv. But <laughs> you know, we have, you know, Scary Spice and the <laughs> the S Jam, you know, the the Stannis and Talise and yeah. Shireen. Outlaw Country. <laughs> oh, Shireen. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have uh, the burning on the beach. So. Um, you know, we see have uh, Axel Florent, who uh, is the brother of 
uh, Solis and uh, in the show anyway, and he is killed. Um, you know, at least by marriage, uh, he is royal blood, which uh, is what uh, Melisandre was looking for with uh, with Gendry, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, so they, did. Technically, they said though that that's they, they weren't burning him for that reason, at least on the face of it. They were burning right. him because he refused to get rid of his idols of the seven. Right. Right. Yeah. But definitely, you know, you have the uh, the callback to last season with the leeches and the burning, and then yeah. oops, they oops, Rob Rob buys it, and then the uh, the burnings, and then Theon's penis buys it. So yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I was wondering if the, if if that was the dick pe- the dick leech, or <laughs> if there's. <laughs> You guys, he came at me out of the blue with this. He starts like, hey, you know that dick leech? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that might not have been. We're like driving somewhere. And I'm like, what? That might not have been the best opening. No, it really was not. It was kind of horrifying. Good thing you weren't driving, Viv. Right? (laughs) You just might have gone off the road. So what? So I'm curious if Balon's going to buy it or if Theon losing his dick was enough. You know, that ends the line. So yes, that's effectively the same thing. Well, Chuch, did you get the, the impression that there were, there was, you know, the, the direct connection between the burning on the, uh, on the beach and, and Joffrey buying it or no, no, well, it's still no. left over from there. Cause the three leeches from the dick leeches, Usurper, only one of them was a dick. Uh, leech, technically, right. But oh, one right. of them was dick Rob leech. Stark. One of them was Joffrey and one of them was Balon Greyjoy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was that my assumption. So that's was it, that's uh, two uh, out of three so far. Right. We haven't seen um, Yara um, or mm-hmm. Balon so far this season, despite right. the fact that we finished season three with a whole big uh, new direction for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to see her again. I bet I you really we see hope. some of them in um, in the next episode. I haven't even looked to see what the title is. I don't want to know. Don't tell me that. <laughs> the preview <laughs> it didn't, look, but. Even um, the title of the episode is a spoiler right now. When this opened on the beach, I'm just, who the fuck are these people? Why are they getting burned? And then they basically explain <laughs> why, who they are and why they're burned. So I took it at face value, but it makes sense that you could be doing it for the magic and, but politically saying this is why trumped up, mm. trumped up charges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the discussion of hunger at dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we move. Yeah, we move to the beach to the dinner table where you know they have discussions of hunger and mm-hmm. uh, time being locked up in uh, Storm's End. And uh, yeah, Christiane, I, I, this is not really a big complaint at all, but I felt, I felt like the dinner scene was weird because just the fact the three of them eating dinner at the same table like that I just felt like it was like a sitcom family yeah. sitcom or something all of a sudden <laughs> and so I like like I said this is not a big complaint it didn't ruin mm-hmm. anything it was just kind of I did have a little bit of a what this is weird yeah. <laughs> yeah. did they really never, just all eat dinner together like this yeah. eaten together before. Their, their daily routine I Maybe was it's your really big impressed though with with um, Felice. Is that her name? The wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the way that she played out that whole, you know, she's rotten. You know, she needs to be beaten. And he said, "You're not going to beat her." Oh, as you command. 
Maybe mm-hmm. Paul Saunders should talk to her. It was like, good one. You know, she really kind of nudged that along, you know, and got it into mm-hmm. Melisandre's court to handle this child that she believes is so out of control. Yeah. See, that's the thing, though, is that I want to just say poor Shireen, because on the one hand, sure, you've got Stannis saying don't beat her, but he also sees her very rarely. She's he he like never a- actually spends any time with her. Mm-hmm. Her mom is just crazy. Yeah, she is totally crazy. They just burned her uncle who actually would visit her. Don't forget yeah. the fetus jars. Yeah, oh, don't forget yeah. the finish the jars. You know, I don't know but, if she gets to see those, though. But Davos was so sweet to her when she was yes. saying about how, oh, how lucky for them, they're purified mm-hmm. or something like that. He's like, yes, ma'am, I'm sure they're very, you know, he was just like right they're there. In a better place. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying Shireen has to see the fetus jars. I was just using them as evidence of Elisa's oh, crazy. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. My God, I hope oh, they yeah. can see those. Yeah. I, I, I do like sort of the the scene from the perspective of, you know, you get to see Celise, who who is so completely enthralled with Melisandre from the religious side. Right. But you definitely get the idea that, of course, she knows that there's something going on between you know Melisandre and, yeah. and Stannis, and that that's about her only way to to do anything to make Melisandre feel uncomfortable for, as a woman is yeah. to you know sort of throw these Bring little barbs at her about Have you ever been so hungry and See, I don't feel like there's any attempt at barbs at all from Celise. I feel like it is. I feel like she, what she has done is essentially just taken all moral responsibility off of herself and just put it all on Melisandre. It's like, I am just going to do anything she says and not even think about it anymore. Yep. Yep. I've always. Because she she believes in law or the Lord of Light. I've always felt that um, Celise, yeah, she knew what was going on, and she encourages it. Mm-hmm. Well, she said so in yeah. season three. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. did. Yeah, she did. Very clearly. Right. She gave you a son. I'm so happy. Blah, blah, blah. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. I, I think that she is, you know, yeah, this is how things are supposed to be. Lord of Light sent this lady <laughs> to us. You want to sleep with her? Go right ahead. She wants to do whatever with my kid. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. That's just how she is. I, I like the discussion of hunger because one of my thoughts has always been that I wonder if Delise's craziness started because of starvation. Because they say that uh, people that go through periods of starvation and yeah. not being able to eat, it can affect your mental state. It can yeah. affect your capabilities permanently. Yeah, especially so, they talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're right, though. The way that she talks about how he would make a stew like using horse was it the binding the binding of a book is made from horse hooves yes that was it and just like just crazy craziness uh it's it's this one part of the war um robert's rebellion that so many people ignore is that yeah this whole area of storm's end people were starving and like serious starving not like I'm hungry and I only get a little bit each day. Like, like I they rejoiced for the last three days. Yeah. They rejoiced when Davos showed up with a shipload of onions. That's yeah. how they fucking like, hungry oh, they were. Oh my god! They, I they joke about him being the Onion Knight. Yeah. He fucking saved the the whole joint, man. He mm. really was a hero, even though he gets mocked for it. Well, the other thing to really onions. consider is that I, you know, we have to remember that. 
the Lord of Light might not be on the up and up, so to speak, but there's something definitely real there. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so I think that it probably sensed in her a a weak, unstable mind, and it's 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 pushing through that. It used that as an opening to get Melisandre in the in the uh, family way there. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're family way. Shadow that, way. That was so far away and wasn't exposed to the Lord of Light. Could you imagine if, if Melisandre got in with Lysa <laughs> and John Aaron? Oh. <laughs> man, oh man. I mean, there's no way to doubt that there is some form of power there because even if you only look at Lord Beric, which we saw when he battled with the Hound in season three, um, yep. The, yeah. I mean, the Shadow Baby and the Resurrections, that alone, it, I mean, forget the glowing thing on her neck that burned out the po- poison or whatever it was from previous seasons. You know, there's definitely something there. And it's in, it's kind of scary and intimidating, the fact that here we think that everybody in Westeros is just blind to what's going on at the Night's Watch at Castle Black mm-hmm. and with the White Walkers and everything. And then there here's somebody that actually gets the goddamn message and sees it as being pretty horrifying shit <laughs> and they just mm-hmm. act on it. And so now it's like, what's going on? Where's Stannis? And then to get this scene on the beach, with the sacrifices and then this awkward dinner. And I, I think the whole thing might've been just to get us to have uh, Melisandre and Shireen in the same room to kind of talk about some of the things about the religion that maybe still kind of a little like weird for people to disip, to, 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 to differentiate with when they talk about the seven and the old gods and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it was interesting for her to explain it to a child, you know, it was kind of like mm-hmm. talking down to dumb Americans, but whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, one point of trivia, um, the, the show certainly doesn't make this clear, um, but the, in, in the books, it's, it's more clear that uh, the poison that Melisandre survives in her introductory scene also used later <laughs> mm-hmm. on on someone that may have where later is this episode that we're talking about right now <laughs> no spoilers but is it the same poison that was that flower that uh, darius gave to <laughs> oh yeah came to danny oh, yeah. Yeah. It all goes for a full circle Gold. That was the harpy's gold for sure. But uh, yeah, so we did have these scene with Mel- Melisandre and Shireen Outlaw Country, and <laughs> we have. I mean, obviously, you're supposed to feel a little fear, but the idea that okay, she does have this power, and then we have Shireen, who is the daughter of a king. Hmm. So uh, yeah. I, I fear for that girl. Uh, Me too. And she's, and she's so she's so cute and asks so many cool cat questions. And she's teaching Davos mm. to read, and it's I love it. <laughs> it I also like that well. she's she's not intimidated really by no. Melisandre. Maybe a no. little bit because Melisandre yeah. is a legit scary <laughs> scary bitch. She's like a Disney villain. <laughs> Considering yeah, like that, I like that. Uh, that Shireen is not just immediately deferential to her. She right. challenges some of the she things challenges she says. Her, absolutely. It's, it's awesome. Yep. What are great things about kids. So King's Landing. Why don't we head over there? Hey, did for a little bit. The weather's great. We have a lot to talk about before the wedding though. 
nice yeah. day um, for a purple wedding. <laughs> so we have our first Terry and Jamie, Terry and Jamie scene of the season. Uh, with the, when we cut away from from Theon to the sausage and the discussion yes. of uh, of uh, yeah. <laughs> and no one's eating. Why won't anyone eat? <laughs> My wife is starving. Mm. I just love how Terry uh, comes in and he kind of picks people up. Like after Bran fell, he had the design for the saddle, and John being a bastard and coming to terms with the kind of people he was dealing with, going to the wall with him, and now again he's kind of like, well, "What about your other hand?" Well, in command, you know, he's just like, "I'm already fucked mm. up. I got this. Let me help you get through your little transition here." You what know, I loved about this so scene. Cool. Okay. What I loved about the scene is just that Jamie is still comfortable to confide in Tyrion. Yeah. Not a lot of people are. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if it's you notice last, last episode, yeah. he kept telling everyone, oh, I just fight with my with my left mm-hmm. hand now. Makes mm-hmm. it more of a challenge. And with Tyrion, he's like, I can't pick up a wine glass. Yeah. I can't fight. What am I supposed to do, brother? Because I mean, yeah. you're the only person. He didn't even say these things to Cersei. Yeah, he can, he's period. totally exposed. Yeah, yeah. There's a real sweet bond there. And of course, he spills the wine, and Tyrion's like, "Oh, it's only <laughs> wine," which comes back later, of course. And um, yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, he says you uh, should just uh, you need to practice, and uh, yeah, I just happen to have somebody that uh, can keep the mouth shut. So uh, yeah. we, get, we get a great scene with uh, with Braun and Jamie, which mm-hmm. you know, any anybody with Braun is a good scene. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we could probably, um, you know, it's not really a spoiler, just to, you know, at this point to say that um, in the books it wasn't Braun. Right. Um, it was actually Sir Ilan Payne who was a good choice because his <laughs> tongue's cut out. He can't talk. So <laughs> right. can't tell anybody, right? Yeah. Although it always, I always just, whenever I thought about that character, I was thinking, it's like, he has to have some way of making himself understood at yeah. some point. Like, you know, right yet. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, you know, it's fine for like, feed me and yeah. I've got to go to the toilet. But mm-hmm. uh, in the books, what they, because he had a stump of a tongue. And so anytime he'd laugh at Jamie, it'd be this eerie clacking sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so uh, my understanding is, though, I think that the uh, the changing it to Braun is sort of twofold. One, it's awesome. Yeah. Braun. Oh, my God. Um, so awesome. But two, um, my understanding is that the actor who played Ilan Payne, at least um, uh, in previous seasons, is is uh, ill. with. Oh. Yeah, I believe uh, he's. I, I so I don't know all the details, but I did read that somewhere. Um, so it may be that he wouldn't have been able to uh, shoot the scenes anyway. Well, Aww. I was wondering because it was Patrick sad. The way I remember, it was pretty cathartic for um, Nicole. Um, it was pretty cathartic for. <laughs> it was pretty cathartic for him to be able to kind of confide all of this. He kind of like emotionally vomited. Ellen Payne and with Braun it's like he's being challenged and I think that's just I mean come on it's brilliant those two together it's fantastic (laughs) Um, oh yeah then after the the uh, sword fighting we have a good scene with um, uh, Varus Mm. and Tyrion uh, where they basically just have a 
an exchange around uh, Shay and uh, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, what we saw in the last episode that Shay uh, Shay's cover's been blown and uh, Cersei knows the truth and I love the line about uh, uh, where Varus was talking about no one weeps for spiders or whores mm. when he explains that he's not going to lie for Tyrion in this case because uh, mm-hmm. you know he he won't live long if uh, yeah. if they start catching him in lies. Mm. Well, he also has uh, to make a point to Tyrion. He's like, I've been telling you this for months now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Get her get off the pot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I yeah, so, say. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a lot else to say about that conversation so much as the the follow up one with Tyrion and Shay. I just mm. thought it yeah, was so kind we, of a big kindness for for Varys to be honest with him because he could have said, "Oh, of course, sure, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it." Mm-hmm. But he was like, "No, this is the situation. I'm not going to bullshit with you. This is on you. Fix it." You know what I mean? Very, that's, very. that's there. That's more honesty than you get most of the time in King's Landing. Yeah, I think Tyrion and Varys have uh, developed this really respectful relationship yeah. between the two of them where, you know, um, it's it's almost, in, in a way, it was like Varys and Ned, except that mm-hmm. Ned was not adept at playing the game, so yeah. to speak. So, it, but it was, I, I feel like Varys is honest, it, it, even if it's maybe not always the full truth, but uh, he's he's honest with the people he respects, and in this case, it's like Tyrion. So he's basically saying he's like, don't confuse honesty with loyalty, because mm-hmm. I respect you, and so I'm going to tell you the truth straight up. But that does not mean that I'm going to put myself on the line for you. Yeah. Right. And you need mm-hmm. to make sure you know that that's the difference here. Mm-hmm. I think and they I love, know what they see in each other that they both truly want what's best for the realm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, Varus comes down to what he said in season one. I serve the realm. And if he's not around, he can't serve the realm. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, we did have one scene before we get to Tyrion and Shay, but we had the scene where Joffrey gets his gifts uh, for mm-hmm. the, the cup and the book and the sword. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you have that moment where you have Joffrey not being an ass and, uh, you know, dad or grandpa looking like, well, you know, I've got him under wraps. Yeah. You know, he's not not, mm-hmm. not being a little dick anymore, at least in public. And then uh, he gets the sword and <laughs> chops up the book. And of course, it's much more, uh, they play it up even more in the book because, like, I can't remember who it was. There's another char- character there saying this says, there's only four copies of yeah. that book in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meisters. Um, yeah, we oh so should, we should probably also mention that we've now met Mace Tyrell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw him last week. Did we? No. Um, no. Or did we? But um, so no. we got Mace Tyrell, uh, who of course is Loras and Marjorie's father, uh, number one. son. Um, but yes. he he has exactly the role that we would expect based on what we've heard from him so far, which yeah. is that he certainly <laughs> thinks a lot of himself, but he also knows when to shut up because it he's told to frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so. well trained. And that was a great intro scene with him. Oh, just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. So there, so especially the bit right after Joffrey uh, chops up the book, and uh, you can see there's <laughs> a great brief moment with Mace where he's kind of like, he spends just a couple of seconds deciding who he should side with here because this is, 
awkward. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to smile at the king because that's, you know. So I wanted to ask, think, can I ask something from last week just real quick? Um, sure. they, did anybody else get like shivers down their spine when Joffrey had his hands on the book of the Night's Guard, Night's Watch? What is it? The, the, the King's Lord, Guard. Yeah, the King's Guard, the, the King's White Guard. Book. Did anybody else kind of go, oh my God, it's in Joffrey's hands. He's going to do something horrible to this book. Did anybody worry about that at all? Cause I mean, I was like, shit, you know, what, where's, mm. where's his little bullshit douchebag well, being you're going to end. He's so disrespectful to absolutely everything. So here's here's the example that comes to mind because I'm a huge geek is Spider-Man has spider sense, right? Mm -hmm. He knows when there's danger. But sometimes what happens with him is that the danger is so omnipresent that it's just kind of constantly buzzing all the time. And so he can't actually use it to avoid any specific thing because it's just kind of like you are just generally in deep shit. So (laughs) and so I feel like that's feel just anytime Joffrey is in the room. So it's not so much specifically because he's got his hands on the white book. It's yeah. Just like anytime Joffrey is on screen, you just sort of like, what's he going to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the best explanation ever. <laughs> Wild card. Plus, plus you get the idea that, uh, you know, he, he does his dickishness where it's going to have the most effect there were only two people in the room. So like ripping yeah. up the white book would only like hurt Jamie and Marin would be like, eh, who cares? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. with the sword and the other book in front of everybody, that was, that was much more of an opportunity for him to be maximum dickish. Yeah. yeah. So. so anyways, Nadia, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, that's okay. Uh, I also wanted to point out that when the book gets chopped up, it's the first time you see Sansa realize Tyrion's position. And you can see her feeling sorry for him, like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, what just? Wait, okay, so he's not one of them, yeah, 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 he's not accepted. And then Shay's watching also, and she's just, she was so happy and so proud that right. Joffrey accepted the book, and she's like, see, he had nothing to worry about. And then the book gets strapped up, and she's like, oh no, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting to see the two women, yeah. There's a new camaraderie between Sansa and Tyrion in this episode. I was really happy to see. And uh, part of that also is the little discussion between... um, Or is that at the wedding? No, it wasn't. Never mind. I'm I'm losing track of people. So this is where Shay is seen by Cersei and Tywin. And Cersei tells Tywin, oh, that's the whore I was talking Mm, about. And, you know, he says, "Bring bring her to the tower before... Or after the wedding, whatever he says. Before the wedding. Before the wedding, and then we cut. Ca- you can't tell. At least you c- you can't really tell if Tyrion overheard that or if he's just sort of seeing their eyes go towards Shay or whatever it is. But he definitely you know catches on that something is up there. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure it matters as super lot, but I I got the impression that he heard them talking but didn't actually hear yeah. specifically what they said. Otherwise, I think. He would have been a little bit more urgent in his uh, actions, you know, not yeah. so much in his conversation to Shay, but to Bronn. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. Say, don't just get her out of town, but they're already looking for her. So, yeah. So, yeah, so the next scene we, we go to is the uh, final scene with Shay and, and Tyrion, at least here. And then we have um, just the, the utter, 
just the the sadness in his. I mean, he, it was a great acted scene by well by both characters, but uh, Peter Dinklage especially. Just the, yeah. the pain in his yeah. voice, having to say those words, and um, you know, even though she 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 should be able to tell that he's you know doing this for her, and he it's mm-hmm. paining him to say this, you know, her accepting or coming to the grips, coming to grips with the idea that. Uh, He's sending her away. Did anybody have a problem though with the idea of okay, the last time we two saw these two together, it's the same old argument, mm-hmm. and then we come into this scene and it's oh my lovey dovey, lovey dovey, right. um, my lion, do me here or do me on the table or oh you're my lion, you know. Yeah. And it's just, well, she saw he was he he got embarrassed in front of everybody, so I thought that that was just a straight reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's kind of that's how it's been with them is that, yeah. you know, they 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 have a fight and then they make up and then they have a fight yeah. and they make up. And I think that's probably just how their relationship has has gone. But he, here's the thing with this scene is that like I, you know, a little bit like what you just said, PG, and I have seen some more ex- extreme expressions of this um and some of the other write ups this idea that uh, she should have known he was only saying it and i'm thinking she she absolutely did know that he was only saying those things to hurt her but the point is he is saying anything he can think of to hurt her feelings mm-hmm. right. this is different this time he is giving up on yeah. trying yeah. to keep their relationship together this is the end right. He had not crossed this line before. And even though she knows exactly what he's doing, she recognizes that because he's doing it, it means that he is not trying anymore. Yeah. He is deliberately saying, this is over. I'm going to cross yeah. a line that's on, you know, that can't be recovered. Right. Yeah. We're done. Right. This, uh, I don't think she up on a realize. I think she knew exactly what he was doing, but just recognized the reason he hadn't done that previously is because things are different now and she's recognizing that he is basically actually sending her away this time yeah. instead right. of continuing to try to make it work. And begging and pleading and then fucking her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this to me was Arya throwing rocks at Nymeria. Oh, that's exactly what I have in my notes. You nailed it for me, girl. I was like, oh, stop throwing rocks at the dog. I know, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it worked. Yeah. <laughs> At least for now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's definitely sad, but it's also just one of those things where it's it's not sad in some of the like when I you know the the easy comparison I think is talking about John and Grit. Mm-hmm. Because they love each other and were forced apart by circumstance or whatever. But in in this case, I it's it's sad in a different way because it was just it was obvious really way long ago, and Tyrion really knew it. And so part of what he's going through here is shame. I think not having done this much much sooner because he's made it so much worse yeah yeah by trying to avoid it even when he knew long ago that this was eventually what was going to have to happen and he had so many options to do it you know yeah Mm -hmm. yep 
so from here um, in the show, this is where we go off to different places. So when we come back to King's Landing, uh, it is uh, the wedding. So the wedding starts. Um, I actually thought based on uh, some of the other weddings they, or the, the, the other wedding that they had, that they would have a little bit more pomp and circumstance of the actual wedding. Not, not as uh, so they, they sort of concentrated on the, the reception or mm-hmm. aftermath rather than the actual ceremony. But, uh, you know, you got to see. Uh, um, there was so much to get seen in this episode, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not complaining. I was yeah. in comparison to the other ceremonies. It, yeah. was, it was a little quick. Uh, they did have a lot of good shots of the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, especially at the at the end where the two of them are in focus. And you can see in the background, like Olena over here and Oberyn over on the other side. And they're just sort of glaring up or looking up and, and yeah. you're trying to, you know, it's interesting the way they were putting people in focus and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, Joffrey on his best behavior, puts the, his, uh, his cape around her shoulders and makes the speech and kisses her. And, yeah. um, so very gallant, so very Prince Charming. Did you think that maybe he was he was going to be redeemable at any point? I any did point? when he first got the gifts until he got the sword. And then realized, yeah. no, it's just, yeah. <laughs> they won't, Joffrey. For, I mean, for a second, it seemed with Tywin right next to him as if. Um, Tywin has him under control the same way he told everybody to get him under control. That it's like, okay, he's here and Tywin's got it. His, you know, Pimp Hand is strong and so he's got him <laughs> under control. And then, like she says, the sword comes out and then we get Joffrey again. Boy, mm-hmm. wow. Powerful Joffrey. Yep. So, following the ceremony, we have uh, another great scene. We, we always Hang like on. seeing our. Yes. Hang on, I just want to make mention the one thing sure. that I thought was very uh, good was the we have a new queen, and yes. uh, Tyrion ah, says yes. better her than you, and it's <laughs> just building on this, you know, sense of finally realizing, okay, he does care about me, he does yeah. care about yeah. my love. See, well, it's it's like we were saying uh, last season before the red wedding. It's just just like. Sansa, if you could just get over your initial reaction here and realize that even if you never really love each other in the romantic way, you two could be great allies to each other if exactly. you could just realize that and get on with it instead of um, moaning about it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Teal Wolf uh, is back this week. Hi. And he says in the chat that uh, he found it odd that Oberyn sat on the Lannister side. Um, and, you know, you saying that it does, it does, you know, I don't know if it's sort of the same type of wedding seating structure as you would get at a wedding here um, in our world. Uh, but I think, I think really some of the seating was basically so they could have those shots though of camera blocking, you know, having these people out of focus and having the crowd in focus, know. right? People. I like thing. to think that he was like under the, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He wanted to be right in the middle of it all to mm-hmm. observe it. If, if it was not structured seating, I think he probably yeah. just to be in their face, just disturb some shit, you know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he, he is a prince, and yep. so it would be expected that a prince 
would go on the royal side and not the uh, house marrying into the royals. Um, I also like the idea that the Tyrells just have more people. That too. There. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they filled up their side. Um, the, I, I actually tend to agree that I think it was more about the camera structuring mm -hmm. and just being able to line up those shots where they can they kind great. Of show one character over one person's shoulder, another character over a different person's shoulder, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but it does also just raise for me, I don't remember exactly with uh, the various relationships between the kingdoms here, does Dorne get along with the Reach better or worse than the other kingdoms? I think the only grief I remember is with the Lannisters. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it just sure. seems like, you know, yeah, adjacent kingdoms some friction. That yeah, yeah other than, other I mean, there were those olive oil jokes in the brothel at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, well, I know, know that there's a definitely a specific Lannister dislike, right. but I, I just I just mean in general, if we wanted to say, let's leave aside specifics of Martell and Lannister, yeah. say, is Dorne more closely aligned with the Reach or more closely aligned with the others? Yeah, and I sort of playing the answer. And sort of playing into the whole camera, you know, setup and and showing different people. I mean, a lot if you rewatch the episode, or even when you're watching the episode, and and think about what you've seen, there's a whole lot of okay, Agatha Christie type. Okay, we got to show who has motive and who could have could be doing this, and and so right. there's lots of I'm, lots of planned. Uh, you say Agatha choreography Christie and shots. So. You mm -hmm. said Agatha Christie, I had almost a soap opera kind of a moment where it was like, dun, dun, dun. You know, everybody <laughs> kind of like looking at each other over each other's shoulder. But I think that they did it as subtly as they could with what they were trying to accomplish with those shots. And I thought they were really well done. So whoever mm -hmm. you said the director was, he, he did good. Mm -hmm. uh, the thought that I had actually instead of uh, Agatha Christie is that um, like next week they'll have a scene where they, they show who did it. And then it'll have cut to a title card that'll say, that's how it might have happened. Or maybe it happened like this, like that old movie Clue. Right, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, Doran and the Reach are old enemies, and their ambivalence remains strong despite... Ambivalence? That doesn't seem like the appropriate word. Anyway, uh, remains strong despite being unified under the Iron Throne. In the current generation, there is also a great antipathy for the Lannisters due to the death of Prince Elia Martell. Yada, yada, yada. We know all of that. Um, but yes, there's lots and lots of squabbles between the, the lands. So, okay. so they're not happy like, with either of them. Historically, if not specifically with the Lannisters, it sounds like sitting with the uh, the people from the Reach would not be yeah. fun either. Frying pan fire. Yeah. Besides, I think Oberyn has really just... He's come to King's Land to stir up shit anyway, so he's going to sit wherever that's going to happen. <laughs> Although he didn't see Loras until later, so he might have sat in the Tyrell side. Oh, Lord, was that a moment? <laughs> that was the cutest little moment. Oh. <laughs> I was so like happy that? for Loras. Well, he finally got something to smile about. I mean, come on, he's got to marry Cersei. For a moment. But Loras, don't you, don't you know what show you're on? I know, right? <laughs> You sh this show trains should train anybody to be suspicious of any happiness. Yes, precisely so. 
So immediately following the you know, the wedding, we had our uh, uh, our old old folk, our old couple of the year, uh, Elena and Tywin walking. Uh, we hear first mention, actually not the first mention, but the first mention recently of the Iron Bank. And the mm-hmm. idea that even though the Lannisters pay their debts, uh, there's somebody they have to pay as well. Uh, this harkens back to the first season or second season where uh, people were discovering that uh, um, Littlefinger was filling the coffers by borrowing more and more from the from the Iron mm-hmm. Bank. Right. Uh, so it's the throne that own, that owes the Iron Bank, not the Lannisters, though, right? Um. Yes. Because and, the throne yeah, owns the Lannisters. Owes the Lannisters as well. Right, owns. but um. Even though I guess they haven't given the numbers in the show, the, right. I, no, I think actually they did because it's. Um, did at some point, yeah. I think at some point that you know, his dad said, "Throne owns this much to the Lannisters," and yeah. Wolfinger's like, "You think that's bad? They owe this much to the <laughs> Iron Bank." Right. Yeah. And it was like way more. Yeah. Um. But the the other um, the the other thing that I thought was nice was. Uh, Tywin sort of starting to say how oh, I'm not worried about the Iron Bank, and she's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Stupid not to be worried about the Iron yeah. Bank. So let's not even go down that road. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Shut up. You know, I read one article that was talking about how they felt like there was some sort of a chemistry between Olena and Tywin, and it was like a, you know, Grey Panther kind of hookup kind of a thing, but I think it, honestly, to me, it's more like, um, it makes Tywin more three-dimensional. Like so far, all we've seen him do is like field dress a stag and you know all this other shit. And it's like when he's with her, you see like another side of him that you don't normally see when he's with his kids or when he's with the small council or anything else. You know, you get to he's see him. He's the only him. one that can say boo to him. Exactly, exactly. So it's kind of a peer. It's like one of his only peers in his own eyes because yeah. mm-hmm. King is certainly not a peer. No, they've what? they've been at this game longer than anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and they're so clever, so clever. Yep. Uh, Matt in the chat is asking about our audio version of episode one. Uh, it will be released later tonight. Uh, it it just got uploaded, and uh, I just have to do the post for it, so it should be in your podcast app of choice by tomorrow morning. Uh, thanks. And this one will be um, the best. And thank you for asking. Thank you for We had yeah. a busy weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were a little, a little busy. We had some birthday um, parties. Hey, hey, how do you like the phrase performance sugar art for Saturday night? The table. Performance, performance sugar art. Performance <laughs> sugar art. That's one of the theories I'm circulating. <laughs> talking okay. about this stuff that Next. happened and I wasn't there. It's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's not torture Nutty with with I was all the listeners. <laughs> yeah, and all the listeners with strange references. Hell, we guys were having sugar performance art. We can tell it. I think it's funny <laughs> now. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, no, we're not going to go into, oh, into, no. into stories. But anyway, we have uh, after Olena and here in Tywin, uh, we have uh, Bronn, Tyrion, and Podrick walking through. Uh, we hear from Bronn that he says he has taken her, uh, taken Shay to the boat, watched it sail off, and uh, you know, 
Tyrion asking very weird questions because he says, if anybody or Bron says, if anybody follows me, you know, they would be, I would kill them basically. And then he, uh, Tyrion's, Tyrion's like, a little bit like, yeah, well, I, I also, I imagined just a little bit of the person likely to be following you suddenly disappearing would be a problem, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> but then I think also, um, you know, I I feel like, I, you know, I don't want, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say, but I think there's some weirdness about that uh, that scene that is not fully resolved on the show yet. There's something going yeah. on. Because Podrick, because Podrick saw that woman with the uh, the stretchy legs, and <laughs> that was just well. He had that have, weird I look on his face. I, I loved the whole bit where they're coming in, and we see Tyrion and Oberyn, and Oberyn says hello, and yes. Tyrion says hello. It's like not you. They're no, he doesn't say hello. He says he says my lord. Because he just saw that woman, that all funny, <laughs> and then Tyrion thinks he said, "My lord, to him." Arm in his special place. <laughs> but uh, yes, that was that was hilarious. I don't, Tyrion, why would yes? he? I don't. I don't think he said, "My lord." I think he said, "Hello." Or, like, or would, that's not. That's not an explanation <laughs> that anybody uses. It's one that I would use. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm playing. I'm joking. She didn't say my word. <laughs> so I, I have some completely ignorant. Oh, no, country. Juchess thoughts. What are, what are your thoughts? My ignorant prognostications, but it's going to tie into something I think a little later. So I'm going to hold on to it for now, but it has to do with that okay. scene. Oh, but you no, you have to prognosticate because you're, yes. you're, you're the one that. that uh, well, yeah, I think the when he says tie in later, you mean later in this episode. Yeah. Oh, later this episode. Right. Okay, and that, then I'll lay it. out my my I'm sure absolutely wrong theories. <laughs> I like that. I can't because <laughs> I have one. I have one that Christiana is going to just jump all over me about. So <laughs> be fun here soon. Um, so from there, um, we have the what do we have next? We have Oberyn. Uh, oh, Oberyn and Pod both both admiring the girl. We have a then Ola, excuse me, Olena. Coming up to Sansa, messing with her hair and yeah. saying how pretty she is, her and soothing her nerves. Yes, being the wonderful, the yeah. wonderful Olena, grandmotherly yes. type, just looking out for Sansa. Yeah, that's all she ever does. Yeah. But um, yeah, how so, hard it but it does call her. back to you know the conversations they've had before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, she's so, always been a co- somebody there for Sansa. That wasn't you know. Mm-hmm. She did have fun to she did have fun throwing in that little dig to uh, to Tyrion about you know if you, you're, you're not so poor that you shouldn't can't sell a couple things and bring this girl to yeah. to High Garden so uh, yeah yeah your mule or just, something just what he wanted to hear at that point in the in the right. day but um, <laughs> um yeah so after that we have. <laughs> They go back to the entertainment and dear gods, please let this be the last time we hear the reigns of fucking Castamere. Even Joffrey's throws money. Okay. Even he's sick of it. I feel bad, but I kind of cheered because I'm so fucking sick of that song now. My God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I, I I sort of said this last week, (sighs) which was 
I haven't hated any specific <laughs> use, but the show starting to use it as a crutch to just mean something related yeah. to the Lannisters is happening, so we get to hear that again. You know, Reigns but, of yeah. Now would, that said, um, I am not super familiar with them per se, but my understanding is that the musicians in that scene are an actual band called Sigur Ross. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are fans of them yes. who got all excited about that. So yes, well, they're from yeah, they're from Iceland, and we saw them they... last year. They're they're amazing. Yeah, but uh, it, it's I mean, I mean, it, and it's kind of <laughs> like you know when they did that punk rock version of the Bear and the Maiden Fair. It's better, but hopefully we won't hear it for a little while. It's still overused. Yes. <laughs> and Nicole is nice. Nicole is taking my outlaw country uh, joke and running with it. So I she know has, she is awesome. outlaw bard. <laughs> outlaw reigns <laughs> across the beer. <laughs> yeah. uh, although it's also possible that I mean, because that song obviously what it signifies is like Lannisters victorious. Mm-hmm. You know, after this, maybe they're not going to be feeling that way for a while. Yeah, maybe they won't play it as much now. Yeah. Oh, please. And so in this um, general kind of the set, I thought they were really pushing how much uh, they don't give a fuck that everybody knows that Joffrey's primarily a Lannister. The giant lion head and uh, saying that that he's Baratheon Lannister at the wedding, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was was funny that we talked about that last week. We were like, yeah, it's even hard to remember that he's a Baratheon anymore because everything's Mm -hmm. Lannister, Lannister, Lannister. Mm -hmm. And now they're even... They even called him, or they used both family names when they were referring to him. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, and isn't the sigil now for for Joffrey's sigil? Isn't it like half Lannister, half Baratheon? Like where normally it would have just been Baratheon. They definitely had a lot of uh, they had a lot of flags and different things up at the ceremony and afterwards that had both yeah. both crests on their sigils on there, but uh, yeah. It's uh, uncommon. We'll put it, it that much. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah after the 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 shooing away of the musicians, we had the um, the the Marjorie makes her little speech, and uh, again, sort of showing the fact that she has a little bit of uh, of at least some sort of hold over over Joffrey, you know, as far as uh, you know, he wants to please her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's, he, she says, you know, that he's decreed to give away all the food or the leftovers to the poorest in the city. Well, um, it's a good tactic because um, on the one hand, food for the poor is nice, but it's also something that he wouldn't give a shit about. And so there's no concern that he would have any actual opinion right. on what should be done with the leftovers. And so she chose something where it would seem like she convinced him to do something where it was just as likely that he hadn't even given one thought to where the leftovers would go. And she said, Hey, they could feed the poor and then people would love you. And he's like, okay. Well, you know what, but he also has experienced um, what happens when your poor starving citizens don't like you and you walk Mm -hmm. through the street. I mean, they wanted to tear him apart in an earlier scene. Well, so I just, why not throw them the scraps, you know? I'm sorry. Yeah. You think Jeffrey learned something? I think he's very. I think he's like Cersei. I think he's learned survival. What's mm-hmm. going to benefit him the most? What's going to give him the biggest disgusting psychopathic giggle? Oh, I I think though <laughs> that that's well. See, but like I I think that it's 
to any extent that he's learned any of that, it's it's still totally a secondary consideration. Totally. Would never actually actually give anything up that no. he cared about. No, 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 not a chance. And so it's but at the same time, if she's given him easy stuff, like, oh, you can make the people love you by giving away something you don't care about. Right. It's like, oh, okay, I can do Find that. Maybe they but, won't so I don't think it's time. not so much that he's actually seeking anybody's approval so much as she's telling him he can get it for free, and he's like, right. okay. It's a nice side effect of something that costs him nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you up? Meanwhile, Sorry, Cersei is spinning completely out of control. Oh, my God. She is uh, no longer officially the queen and not happy about that. Um, Queen Regent. Well, it was. I mean, wasn't that just? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, I I don't know that I, I was just bringing up that topic of conversation. <laughs> I, was, I was supposing yeah. that you were talking about a certain scene, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't jumping ahead of you. Well, yeah. This this is the beginning of Cersei's. <laughs> you know, she's she's been made to feel a little insignificant by just her position now, and the fact that. Yeah. Everyone loves Marjorie and the fact that she's so nice. And so she comes over and gives her her kisses. Right. But then uh, 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 after we have the quick look between Oberyn and Loras and then Loras backing <laughs> up and running into Jamie. And then we had the conversation we knew was going to happen if these two ever talked to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, this is what's going to happen if you think you're going to marry my sister. Well, at the same time, though, remember where Jamie and Cersei have left things at this point. I think he's he's a little bit pissed at her. And it's not so much telling Loras, like, you can't have her because she's mine. Obviously, he wouldn't say that. He was just but I don't even think that's really the emotion behind it. I think it was more just like... Dude, you have no idea what you're in for. Here. Yeah, she's gonna eat you alive. <laughs> Might not be redhead, but she's crazy. I thought it was purely, purely she's mine. Because mm. even though he's on the outs, I don't think there's any doubt in his heart that he's gonna get back in there. I think the way that it happened in the episode, though, it was that they had Brienne, who they had frumped up to look like she was just this awful-looking crick creature when we already saw her naked you know last season <laughs> we know she's hot um but you know marjorie was as kind and gracious as she could be and um it's just one of those things where when i see marjorie in that kind of a scene where she said you know brand didn't have anything to do with that she was innocent of all of any kind of bad do wrongdoing and and you know you just hope that marjorie is as good a person as she portrays herself to be that it's not all a political manipulation and then you see Cersei questioning Brienne about her adventures with Jamie. And then when Bri when she didn't like those answers is when she kind of went nutso on um, Pycelle. So it was like this whole kind of totally, like you said, a spiral for her of stuff that just. That's her M.O. Her. Every time she's ever gotten bad news, she's turned around and lashed out at somebody. The yeah. nearest mm -hmm. thing. Pycelle was like, get the fuck out. <laughs> well, her self-identity is so tied to this idea that she's this put upon woman who deserves so much more than she's getting, but is yes. just kept down because of the glass ceiling, because which she's a woman. is largely true, yes. but she is so stuck yeah. on this idea that nobody understands how hard it is for her yeah. that even when people agree with her, she tends to lash out at them like, like you you think you agree, but you don't really know. Yeah. That sort of I thing. You saw that over and over. 
Yeah. She's the biggest victim in the room and she won't hear anything otherwise. It's like when Olena was talking to her last season where Olena was actually just saying kind of crazy how men are so stupid and yet they're in charge. And at that, you see Cersei, you know, a couple of years tick over and then she says, (laughs) and, and yet the gods have seemed to make it so like she's getting all high and mighty about, Oh, you shouldn't complain about things being the way they are. It's like, that is totally your thing, Cersei. (laughs) She said it. You don't she, want to agree with her because you want to. You've already decided not to like her. Exactly. She's she's the kind of person that can't have friends, and I'm not right. going to say she's the kind of woman that can't have friends because I don't believe in that trope. I don't believe that exists. I think she is the kind of person that can't have friends. Yep. Can't have any real friends. People are just uh, things to be used by her. Mm-hmm. And when she sees Brienne. Regardless of Brienne's time with Jamie, Brienne is an affront to her. Yeah. Because she she's played by the rules and she's worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And how dare this person not call herself a lady and, yeah. and not bow? How dare she have success? Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. She didn't follow the rules the way Cersei did. And so why should she be successful? And while Elena was the perfect person for her to commiserate with, yeah. she can't because of what Christiana said. She already agreed. She already decided she hated her, and she can't make friends. Yeah. And it's the idea that, you know, when she first goes up to Brienne, you sort of get the idea, okay, well, she's pissed. She's going to make fun of her. But yeah. then Brienne says, oh, Jamie saved me as much as I saved him. Yeah. And, you know, she has that line of, oh, he hasn't told me that story and then it was like okay attack I know. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. went right back to high school yep this is another scene though where um some of the re- recaps i've read um interpreted this a little bit differently than i did some of them felt like they didn't like how on the nose it was implying that brienne really loves jamie but I mm-hmm. felt like that's not my read of her reaction to Cersei's question. My my read is that it was, it was still complex that Brienne maybe still doesn't completely know exactly how she feels about Jamie because there's a lot of different things all mixed together in there. Right. But her reaction is not confirmation, yes, it's true. Her reaction is there's something. the fact that you would ask me that. Yeah. Is an attack. Yeah. And I don't know how to deal with the fact that you would attack me like that. And and not a sword. <laughs> that you, you don't respect as a person and you were just trying to hurt my feelings out of sheer spite. And I think yeah. she's recognizing all of that because there's no other good reason to ask the question like that. And so I think that's why she's basically she's she's flustered. Because it is a complex emotional issue for her, but her primary reaction is, how could you possibly ask me that? Mm. I need to excuse myself because you're being a bitch, but I couldn't ever say that. <laughs> As you were saying that, I was thinking... Oh. As you were saying that, I was thinking she has all these jumbled up emotions, and then when Thursday puts a name on it, she just kind of takes her back. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, is that it? <laughs> you know, I- like, and confused and angry mm-hmm. yep. and i think that um i agree with everything christiana said i also think that if brienne were to be able to tell herself yes i do love jamie i don't think she sees it in a romantic sense at least not at this stage um 
why, yes, she did have more than just friendship love for Renly and admiration for a king. She definitely had this big crush on him. I think what she has with Jamie is so different and complex. You can have a love for someone. You can love someone and not have it be romantic. Yeah. And I think that, that Jamie and Brienne, they have this really strong bond. They have this really strong love that will connect them. It's not about sex. Yeah. It's not about, you know, it's, it's, it's different from regular platonic relationships and it's different from romantic relationships. So it's, it's, mm. it's messy and awesome. And I love it. Which is part of why it's just so offensive to make it crass. Yeah. Dang. You got the hots from, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cersei on the prowl, but she, uh, so in between or before we were finishing up, you know, Jane, the conversation between Jamie and Loras, uh, you know, had the, 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 the great punchline of, uh, you know, Jamie saying, well, not that you're ever going to marry Cersei and then <laughs> Loras saying, uh, neither are you. <laughs> that was that so cool. Off. Yeah. It's like he just looked like, oh, he got me. And then totally. he did the little thing with his hand, he like flips his hand around like, oh. Wow. <laughs> that said, without getting into the details, just one of the differences between the books and the uh, show here. I won't even say what the difference is, even though I think we've actually talked about it in the past. But related to this whole thing, the show keeps teasing me with like, here's how we're going to do that. And then it doesn't happen and i'm yeah. thinking it's confusing me so anyway that's all that's a non-sentence for everybody there you go Why, thank you uh in response to cersei's actions sheriff bullock says what you're trying to say is that cersei is rachel mcadams character from mean girls so yes <laughs> well it, it actually just you know, the Sheriff Bullock uh, ID there uh, just makes me actually remember a line from Justified, uh, which I really enjoyed this, not this past season, but the one before that, where uh, uh, the Timothy Oliphant's character in Justified, Roland Givens is a marshal and he's, he's arrested this guy who's complaining about, you know, uh, he, you know, he never got a break. And uh, Roland says is, you run into an asshole in the morning. You ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day, guess what? You're the, You're asshole. the asshole. And I think that's where Cersei's at, is that yep. she thinks that everybody's against her, and yeah. she's right, but everybody's only against her because she's such a bitch. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, if you, if you, if you go to the part, and I don't know how, how far off we are from it, but that part where... It was the War of the Five Dwarven king, Dwarf Kings, you know. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, mm-hmm. the by the end of that, the only three people that had enjoyment were Joffrey and Cersei and Pycelle. Everybody else, by the end of it, was just, like, horrified. And I think it says so much about how Joffrey turned out, where his mother is so amused by all of his cruelties, mm-hmm. by, like, every single one of them, I think. She right. was amused. So, of course, he would grow up to be a monster. You know well, what I, I mean? Because kids really yeah. try to please their parents. 
Well, here, here's where I think there's some fun nuance in that. I think that's a great observation, though. But uh, I, I think there's um, like Joffrey just straight up thinks it's funny. To he, oh, my God. I think Cersei is mm. primarily entertained by how offended everybody is yeah. as opposed to finding any humor in the demonstration. Oh, and she hates Tyrion so she, much. Yeah. So she yeah. just thinks it's funny to make everybody else upset. Yeah. Um, whereas Pycelle, I feel like who knows whether he would actually think the show is funny on his own or not. Or but if he was just it, kissing he, ass. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Because like, he's a wily I, motherfucker. I like the bit where Tommen starts laughing in the beginning and then mm -hmm. he looks over at his uncle and he's like, oh no, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. Fun of Uncle Tyrion. Okay. And I thought that was so cute. Yeah, yeah so that's the one moment where you're like, yeah, so that's like the one moment where you're like, hey, there may be a Lannister still that may not be such a total ass. Yeah, that has a yeah. song. <laughs> and then everybody's eyes go to Sansa. Mm. You've got uh, Olena looking at Sansa. You've got Varys looking at Sansa. You've got Oberyn. Like, everybody's looking at Sansa, yeah. and she's just stern. Well, she was even startled at one of the jousts that were made at at Rob, the you know the Rob that that Joffrey had, and I thought it was so cool because you know you saw a little bit of camaraderie between Tyrion and Sansa, but then instead of like reaching over and touching her hand, he puts his hand on the table where if she wants to reach for it, he can see that it's there for her. But he didn't like, you know, make an assumption of a familiarity that would have given her comfort. He let her take that for herself as an option. Actually, actually that's that, that was interesting because that's what I saw when I watched it on the TV. Okay. But when you watch it on the HBO Go, it yeah. like shows more of a bottom screen. Oh, it actually it shows that he puts his hand on top of her hand huh. during that. Oh, really? So, interesting. So yeah. um, well, she didn't recoil. And she doesn't, so. and she doesn't pull away. So no, was, she doesn't. So I had, I yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Hmm. That changes everything. I may have. I, it, it's interesting though. I mean, it, it makes me want to watch all the episodes on HBO Go. I'm already watching it three times, anyways. <laughs> before restarting. we start, uh, <laughs> we do want to jump back just a little bit so yeah. we don't get all the way to the end with the the war. You know, into the War of the Five Kings. But we had the Cersei Pycelle scene again. Just him, you know, him being ordered to not feed the poor, but feed the dogs or. I got the impression she was saying your body will be feeding yeah. the dogs. Well, I I don't think it was that just was, your impression. I think yeah. that's exactly <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's interesting for just a weird position for Pycelle to be in because on the one hand, like if he actually does what he's saying, like <laughs> how could he ever possibly justify that? He recognizes that this is a cruel, petty useless thing that she's doing out of pure spite for no other reason. And it puts him And away. yet, so like how he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially given that she's not actually the queen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he says that in, a, in you know, just the, the way he says the words. He's like, but the queen told me <laughs> mm -hmm. she's like well this queen is telling you <laughs> this <laughs> but uh yeah from there uh we have the Cersei being very happy with herself running into dad and you know she says oh it's the small pleasures that's making her smile at this point because she's 
had some fun over the last minute, but then she gets uh, dressed down a bit by Oberyn and mm. Alaria uh, with the you know, the thing we talked about last week, the 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 uh, card that he has in his or the, his ace up his sleeve, the idea that uh, Marcella oh, is wow. in is in Dorne, and you know he can say mm. pretty much what he wants and uh, can get away with it because you know. Which, what are they going to do? And before when they sent her off. Oh, sorry, Nettie. No, no, I was just going to say, I love how he worded it, but I want Chooch to say. Before when they sent. Interrupt us all the time. (laughs) Anytime you have something to say, you just say, shut up. I'm speaking. I'm Uh, the noob. Agreed. Just that uh, when they originally shipped her off, it was like no big thing. Ah, She's going to Dorne. There was no history that the Lannisters hate, you know, that they hate each other. Like, why the fuck would they send her to Dorne? It's stupid. <laughs> and well, why do they only part, send but, her? But that's, that's part of why, is yeah. to repair that relationship. Yeah. Because they didn't want Dorne to take up arms against them I mean, uh, you know, on some level, at least, you know, if nothing else. That's the whole thing. I mean, it's a thing. perfectly valid question, but that is exactly yeah. why is that they're trying to improve the relationship between them and Dorne. Yeah. She's a Theon. Okay. Kind of like, the, what'd, you, what'd you say, Ben? She's a, she's a Theon. Exactly, yeah. Well, Theon, and she's to marry Doran's son. Although that oh. plays out because they're still kids. She but. has royal blood. Mm. Which also, Balon thinks that Theon has. And, well, anyways, but yeah. What? She's a Theon, never mind. Well, but what I'm saying is Theon was a royal <laughs> hostage for Balon's good behavior after the rebellion because so he became kind of a ward which is a little different than Marcella being sent down there because she is going to marry she's betrothed yeah yeah the prince um with that said it does have that same effect of you better be nice to me because we've got your daughter you know, I but yeah. I liked that Oberyn was basically able to say both things. One, which is Dorn is way better than here because of all these good reasons. But in case you disagree, remember that your daughter is down there with us. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to split hairs. I still think of her as a hostage. And and in the way that Theon was, just because she's allegedly betrothed, so was Sansa. You know, I mean, right now that's the most strategic place for Tyrion to have put her to keep her safe from what was, you know, from the incoming attacks and and to fix the situation with Dorne. You know, but I, I she's not there because she wants to be there. She's being forced to marry somebody. Well, I never said that, yeah. but I'm just saying it's a there's right, right, right. I think there's this a really specific difference between an official hostage right, I got you. I, and an arranged marriage. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. not totally I'm, in agreement with you, but I mean, I, I think I totally understand your point. I just, I'm whether she's betrothed or not and whether she's got the Royal Lannister blood or not. It just, to me, it's, she still looks like a prisoner. Uh, well, uh, okay. She's just, leverage. Well, but not leverage that they acquired, leverage that was given to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, I okay. I, I think does, we're we're talking okay. past each other. All I'm trying to say is that even though obviously she can be used as leverage yeah. now because she's there, that was not the purpose of her going there. Agreed. And as Nicole says in the chat, she was sent by Tyrion to piss off Cersei too. Yeah. <laughs> 
That too. There's also the other thing that the Lannisters, I feel like they know what happened, but they kind of feel like, yeah, that's over and done with. We've settled everything. We're good. And we're making this marriage. Everything's good. And then Prince Oberyn shows up and is like, shit, he's still mad about that thing? He's still mad about the kids and being killed and people being raped. (laughs) Come on. It's clearly just a cultural difference. It wasn't me. It was just uh, I just told you know the mountain to go do things. Yeah. It's like it wasn't it me. It was the, the mountain, and besides, that was only a rumor. And yeah. he never does what I say anyway. But no, you can't see him. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't recognize him because they're third, third different actor. So yeah. <laughs> So we have that discussion uh, between them, and then we have the the War of the Five Kings. Um, you know everything we've already mentioned uh, with that. Um, actually, before that, we did have a little scene where Dantos comes out, and uh, we have the moment where Marjorie looks bored, and again Joffrey looks over, sees she's bored, and it's like, oh, I must make her happy. Let me do something really mean, <laughs> even yeah. though that's not really something that's going to make her happy. Husband, that'll but, make her yeah. happy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the the whole dra- uh, uh, gold dragon for anyone that can knock the uh, knock the hat off my jester, and uh, that goes from there. All the free food that was going to go to the poor is now being thrown now at the jester. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the uh, the war of the five kings which we've already talked about some, uh, which I talked about before. My favorite moment of the War of the Five Kings is when the the one of the uh, dwarfs hits Varys in the back of the head with his little weapon, and just Varys's reaction to that was hilarious. Um, anything Go on, else with put you? your picture up. You're very proud of your uh, picture. It takes too long. I'll, I'll put it up in a minute when somebody else is talking, I can't talk and do that. <laughs> Any other thoughts about the war of the five Kings and that sort of thing? Uh, it's a little different than in the books, um, which, you know, again, is not a problem. I thought it was well staged, but um, this is an interesting nuance that there was a, um, a minor character introduced in the books at this point that was not introduced because of the way they did it, um, which who knows what that means, but uh, it, you know, it's just a, a difference worth observing, I think. Um, but that said, I thought it was really well staged with the um, the costumes and everything and just making it sort of extra hilariously offensive, especially just given. It, but like, yes. it, it's it's just so. Like, it's not even just mean, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Joffrey just has no sense whatsoever of how important it is to actually have his allies like him because it's just <laughs> like the problem with something like this is sure. Okay. Everybody's on Joffrey's side now, but that wasn't always true mm-hmm. in particular, his new bride, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's, a really dumb thing to do in addition <laughs> to just being mean and cruel. Yeah. I think this is a clear example of as to why uh, Joffrey is a sociopath and not a psychopath because he can't actually empathize with people. He can't imagine that 
people would not find this funny. And 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 to me, like I, I the way that I see Joffrey is he expects to insult people, but like he's doing this to insult Tyrion. I don't and and to hurt Sansa, but I don't think he thinks that the Tyrells would be upset seeing Renly killed in this in this little play because well they're on my side now so now they hate Renly right <laughs> and I, have, I, I have Renly's dwarf dwarf's horse actually be a, a little boy that that Renly is yeah no it's know. supposed to be Loras <laughs> or Loras yeah so yeah, yeah. So the idea of uh, yeah the deviant nature and then we had uh you know the other ones uh, being dressed in certain ways as well. I can't remember. There was one other particular. Well, so Stannis one. was riding Melisandre. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. largely the same way. Um, the others. Uh, so Balon was riding a, a squid. Yeah, um, I think the Stanley and Rob were not. Um, uh, other than Rob's having the sort of the false head designed to be able to come off, um, it wasn't otherwise a uh, funny <laughs> costume per se. Okay, Sheriff Bullock was the best line of the night. Balls flying at Varus's head. Irony. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, that, that was the other thing is that, you know, they had uh, the, the Stannis one had the little things uh, designed to unfurl and look like he'd hit, been hit with wildfire. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, we also had the, the moment where Tyrion pulls Podrick up and says, you know, you're going to pay the dwarves 20, 20 gold each for, for you know, having to go through that. Although, you know, the, 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 the people doing the show look like they're having a good time. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't as much of a gesture <laughs> other than maybe to make himself feel better. That, uh, and we'll find a way yeah. to repay my nephew. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So now that that's over, we have, um, uh, Joffrey insulting Tyrion, saying you should go fight uh, to win the champion's purse. We have uh, Joffrey, you know, or T- Tyrion responding that uh, Joffrey, maybe Joffrey would like to uh, to show his prowess on the battlefield. And makes a joke about the the uh, the dwarf Joffrey uh, that Joffrey didn't didn't like, even though the crowd crowd liked it a little bit. He flipped the script. <laughs> yeah. So he flips the, the cup of wine on Tyrion's head. Uh, things proceed from there. Um, you know, we end up, uh, we have the wine. You're going to be the cup bearer. We get the, the dropping of the wine cup. It goes under the, under the table after Joffrey kicks it. Sansa picks it up, gives it back. Uh, he drinks some of the wine. They put it on the table. He's about to do some more stuff, or he's trying to make. Uh, excuse me. He's trying to make Tyrion kneel, and that's when Marjorie notices the pie, stops things, uh, and goes from there. Um, he starts choking right after the. Uh, he takes the bite of pie, and sort of leaving the question open. Really, was it the wine at all, or was it the pie? Because you know. He takes more wine to wash it down with, and it was mm-hmm. seemed the camera placement was cur- seemed curious as to where he got the goblet from. I thought I was probably overanalyzing everything the second watch through. 
I think it still was the goblet that Tyrion handed him. I don't think he drank from any other goblet. Yes, because Joffrey gives the cup to Marjorie. She puts it on the table. Um, Then the cake comes, or the pie comes, and then he gets the cup back, or gets does get he gets him to get the uh, gets Tyrion to get the cup to bring it back. Tyrion and Olena have this little moment of. You know, he's he's eye contact where it's sort of like, I can't believe he's continuing to do this shit to me. And Olena's got this look on her face. And then then he's starting to choke and drinks more wine and things go from there. Um, so the question of the night for our non book reader. Chooch. Yes. Who, who do you think did it? <laughs> so Dun-dun-dun. I have. What? Did what? what? Are you saying that you that he was definitely think he was definitely martyred at this point? Uh, so, well, I think it's just an allergic yeah. reaction. Allergic yeah. reaction. That's right. all it was. Yeah, anaphylactic. <laughs> I so I feel like in the book, I was actually not sure right away. I feel like in the show, I mean, it's choking or an allergic reaction would not do that. Yeah. Seems really I mean, obviously what it to me in the show. Okay. That's my impression. I don't know if someone has seen someone choke or whatever. I don't know. But that that was my read that it was not subtle. That element of it, at least, that he was poisoned. So if he was murdered, who do you think done it? So I have kind of who I would like it to be. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right phrase. But so earlier when I was saying I had like this hair, these harebrained, ignorant, prognostications that are probably wrong so so i actually have two answers along that initial line is i think it's brawn brawn that's the kind of want it to be or at least that was what i was noodling through so i think that he is a sellsword somebody finally paid him more than Tyrion could to turn on him and that shay did not get delivered to a ship and that he did the poisoning. He mentioned, I'm getting old, so now he needs to, you know, he's probably thinking about his retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think mm. it is actually Elena. Oh. Uh, partially because it's been stated in the past, poison is a woman's weapon. Uh-huh. Um, partially because she's clearly, you know, a lot of gears moving and I'm thinking she's got to have more moves than just marriages and alliances. And partially because in the preview for the next episode, what? And I can see that because it's her granddaughter too. I can see why you'd make that connection. And the part of it is the preview for the next episode. One clip they show is her talking to Marjorie and her telling Marjorie, you're in a much better position now. Mm. Yeah. So either she maybe she did it, or at least she's analyzing it from how how do we yeah. recover from this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So One both are probably wrong. Is that but. they have this is once again a non-consummated marriage. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't think of that. Hmm. Yep. So just like Renly, she was married to Renly, but there wasn't any consummation there. So which that's why it opened up Joffrey. So. So that doesn't necessarily rule anything out, but it's a detail worth considering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, there's, there's certainly, uh, you know, one of the things the episode does is make it clear that there are a whole lot of people who might want that to happen. I think they're setting yeah. red herrings. You've got Oberon, who I think is a red herring. Mm-hmm. I think Tyrion mm-hmm. is a red herring. 
San or uh, Cersei immediately. I think that I thought that was just her normal mo of lashing out. Something bad just happened. Mm-hmm. I lash out. He's holding a wine goblet, and I hate him. So yeah, you lock really him up. Him. I don't think that's going to last. That's yeah. just a. Pfft. So what about I'm the sorry. what about the? Uh, Oh, and then Oberon, and then Oberon is not a red herring. He's a red viper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they haven't said that nickname yet, have they? No, they yeah. haven't. But I, it, yeah. it was too good to pass up. Yeah. And then um, you have Dantos showing up out of the blue, grabbing Sansa. Yeah, I don't think that's my would. question. How do you think that is tied into? He's clearly has happening. intrigue involved. Um, he wouldn't just into it that Joffrey's dead, so I need to save Sansa. Um, but um, I th- especially because he hadn't actually died yet, he was only still just yeah, just start, starting to choke. Yeah. Mm, um, right. Sheriff Bullock in Q and A says poison is also a Dornish weapon. Have they said that in the series? The answer no, but it is also they said two. Th- also, oh, that's right. It was a coward's weapon and a, a woman's weapon, or, right? But but weapon. you know, just yeah, so. in the books, it's also had been established that uh, people from Dorn are much more likely to use poisons than other um mm-hmm. but to not yeah. even <laughs> yeah. to but choose so, what you were just saying that uh, ned starks made this you know said i hear that poison is a woman's weapon and uh Pycelle, he's talking to Pycelle, and Pycelle says that uh, yeah it's a, a woman craven and eunuchs you know preferred mm-hmm. weapon at the time trying to push push uh any sort of suspicion about john aaron towards anybody but him yeah. and so he's talking about but, Varus in that case Dantos spiriting her away. I was thinking the intrigue, and it's that Bronze now mm-hmm. orchestrating that he has a task to do. They pushed how Dantos's family is that he is the end of the line. It's fallen. He's crestfallen. So clearly, he's going to be easy to bribe. He likes Sansa. So hey, go save her. You know, easy peasy. That goes okay. into my Bron theory, which I'm pretty sure is wrong, but I would like it. Well, and you know what? We don't even know if you're right or wrong because they've changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they changed who's who. Uh, the discreet swordsman that that Jamie's working with from Ellen mm-hmm. to Braun. I mean, yeah. who the hell knows? So. Uh, that yes. said, I, without it, so it's possible that it's changed, and I and I won't reveal any of this detail, but I will mm-hmm. also say that um, the leading theory, given that in the books it's actually not technically officially confirmed either, but the the primary explanation for what happened in the books fits exactly with stuff that we saw in this episode. Now, yes. again, I'm not even going to say what those details are because uh-huh. I think Joe might be planning to actually do something with that. But basically the explanation we were given in the book, though not officially confirmed by the parties involved, mm-hmm. is right up with stuff we saw in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say my, my crazy theory, but you sort of, went that went with part with that part of that way christiana is that i think even with all the stuff they showed that sort of makes book readers say uh, oh ah, ooh, ah, i think the show is going to change who who's behind this interesting they could they they've done stuff <laughs> like that before i wouldn't so. be surprised uh another factor we have to remember is poison has been used in king's landing before yeah. Four times. One uh, and and one reason or one piece of evidence, not evidence, but uh, something that I read. I read an excerpt of an interview with Martin, uh, which sort of plays into what you were saying, Christiana, where he was talking about. I won't say who, but he says that you know readers 
based on the evidence in the book, have assumed that so-and-so did this. He said, but there is more to come out about this in the books. Hmm. So not to say that he's going to change things in the books, but the idea that, like you said, even though there's assumptions in the book of who was really behind this, it wasn't, it hasn't been confirmed by those people in the books or otherwise. So, um, my, my I think there's enough, been. enough in there that we've seen. So of different things that it could be another, uh, they might go a different direction. So, um, but that being said, I, I think it could be just who we think it is. So <laughs> I thought that the part where, um, where, uh, when he dropped the cup and then, He's looking around, Tyrion's looking around for it, and then Sansa makes herself vulnerable by standing up, getting the cup, and handing it to him. She made herself a target to Joffrey, and then the way things turned out, she's even more of a target now because she touched the cup, you know, and, and then it got filled again at some point and given to Joffrey. It was the same cup, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My fan headcanon is that it's a whole drowning Mona thing. If you've I ever seen know. the movie Drowning Mona. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, well, I don't want to spoil, but um, basically everyone. Everyone was trying to do it. <laughs> everyone right. had plans for killing her. So everybody's <laughs> got to watch it back. So does this make Tommen King? We'll have to see. Interesting question That's there, the succession. I mean, now wait and see. Okay. Um, yeah. that is the next oldest son. That that should be the 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 line of succession, don't you think? I can't remember if there's any other any other. Since they went, since be, they were following Joffrey as the as the heir, and to Robert, then certainly makes sense. He's the next heir to Robert. Right. Because mm-hmm. at least yeah, in this part of Westeros, the uh, you know the daughters are not allowed to inherit. Right. Yeah. Um, although there's other parts of the uh, the world where that's not the case. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, they certainly have a lot of other uh, suspects or people, you know, with motive. You know, they they showed several people that might have had means. You know, and the idea that this pie, someone brought in a piece of pie, handed it to Marjorie. Marjorie fed him. You know, sort of assumed by the reaction that it was wine, but. You know, could have been the pie, and who had access to that pie? Who knows? Could be any. My assumption was it was clearly the pie because of it was immediately after he eats the pie, he washes it down. Yeah, that's that's how I I figured. But then everybody's looking at Tyrion in the cup, and you know, yeah, that's my email. Red herring. Well, so to be sure, though, it's there. There's plenty of people with both motive and opportunity Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they made sure. I mean, Joffrey took every positive thing about the wedding, turned it into a really disgusting, twisted version of itself. He just, like, shit on everything. And so by the end, I mean, even I mean, everybody was embarrassed except for Pycelle and Cersei. You know, even Tywin was like, at one point he looked kind of proud, but at the other point it was like, holy shit, he's looking crazy down in front of all of his, you know, lords and ladies, the people that are supposed to respect him and speak from the most. Yeah. So that was our uh, our show, or our yeah. know, discussion of the show. But we had a couple things. We had our contest last week. Uh, we had... Um, uh, what else we did you had, have, Bill? 
I was just going to uh, bring up the, uh, I wanted to ask the um, other book readers, and I don't know if this would be considered a, a spoiler or not, but the fact that Jamie is there and holding uh, Joffrey with Cersei. Um, I'm going to guess that at this point it's not a spoiler to say that in the book he isn't even there yet. He's not there until after the wedding. Uh-huh. And so I think that that was one of the things that they provided for the book readers to give an extra punch. You have to see Jamie and Cersei holding there, holding and fighting for him to breathe and just all of that kind of thing. The only ones who come out, yeah. Yeah, the only two that came, the first two that got to him, and they were the ones that were there primarily. Um, and it was just, you know, even though I think Jamie is more honest with himself than Cersei is about what kind of a person Joffrey is, it was still, I think, painful for him, even though he never really treated him like a son. And, and Joffrey certainly didn't treat him like a father the way he acted with him the last time he saw him with the book and the Lord Commander and the Gold Hand and everything. So I just thought that was an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the only time he gets to hold his son. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> if you go by the books, he never even did. when he was a baby, he wasn't allowed to hold him because Cersei didn't want him to show too much affection. Yeah. This is why I feel sorry for no one but Jamie in that scene. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And I mean, how much do you think is inbreeding that makes... I'm so crazy too. Well, you, know? you know, so here, here's I think a little bit of a refinement of what I was saying earlier, just in this context is it's not so much that I feel bad for Joffrey, so much as at least for me, what I realize is that nothing that could ever happen to Joffrey makes up for what he did. Not. not this, not anything no. else that's going to happen. Even if he got tortured as bad or worse than Theon, that doesn't make up for it. And so I think what it is is that at least on any kind of a moral level, personally, it's one thing to say whether I like or dislike the death of a character in a story. But on a moral level, it's it's not that I like, I don't want him to suffer so much as I want him to just go away and not be a problem anymore. And so this, this him going out like this is just, it's, it's traumatic for everybody, whether they wanted him dead or not. It's, it's, it is not just, Oh, now he's gone. It's this big event at a big moment and it dies in this horrible way. And now there's a mystery about who did it. And Tyrion, who we like, is implicated. And what's going to happen now? It's a whole big mess as opposed to who just kind of want him to go away. Just yeah, disappear. Let him, let him die and have someone else. Yeah. At, like, I don't care about him suffering so much as it's just board. like... Yeah, but at the same time, also, it's it. we just kind of remember as much of a monster as he is, it's also just kind of like... Could he have ever helped it? Or is that right. just he was born that way? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see him as crazy as Eris, but at, at a much younger age, probably, which yeah. made him more dangerous. About, I yeah. highly recommend people read Patman's In Defense of Jo Joffrey post yep. that will be coming yeah, on TrackPackMedia.com. Yep. Um, how about the idea of we don't have a big baddie anymore? Um, we have Tywin, of course, but you know Ramsey. he was the we mm-hmm. he was the 
the focus of everybody's, you know, anger and all the bad things that's happened to the Starks and what have you, mm-hmm. and the idea that uh, now that he's gone, you know, how is the show going to make people care um, in that respect? So, um, I mean, like I said, we have the mystery for the short term, and then uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens after that. Well, I, I agree. I, I, I think that the show is certainly capable of, um, of dealing with this, but it is a potential risk just because everyone was kind of able to rally behind everybody hates Joffrey because he's just that bad and we love to hate him and he's such a great character. And now with him gone, are we going to have the same sort of a single rallying point? Because that's the that's one of the difficulties of this story as it progresses. Is it part of what it's doing? Is it keeps saying, "Oh, you think this guy's the hero? Well, now he's dead. Oh, you think this guy's the big bad? Well, now he's dead." You know, it's it it keeps removing any real central figures and pre- preventing you from ever saying, "Well, this is the hero in the white hat, and this is the villain in the black hat, and it's going to end with those two facing off." Teal Wolf says in the chat, Cersei got her wish. She's Queen Regent again. Why are you mad, girl? Why are you mad, girl? <laughs> Why are you mad, girl? And Tim, jo- Tim Dodge early on had said before he cut away to talk about other things, amazing makeup job they did on Jack Gleason to make his face blue and his eyes bloodshot. Yeah, that whole, that whole. Uh, oh, well, man. especially the, the little telling detail that really sold it for me at the end was that like once he was actually dead, like one of his eyes was kind of tilted out a little bit. And so like that's, it's, it's a, an inherently super creepy and unsettling thing to have someone's eyes not align. It's one of the reasons like, you know, certainly, you know, sometimes people really just have that, but it's, it's, it's one of the reasons that people sometimes find that unsettling, but it's just because most of the time your eyes are always aligned with each other. You know, they, they, they stay lined up. And so to have one eye kind of built up like that, that's, especially for someone who wasn't always like that, that's a sign something really serious and probably yeah. irrecoverable, has, irrecoverable has happened. Yeah. Like yeah. in real life, when you have someone who is normal before and that happens, it probably means they've had some sort of a massive stroke. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Not to mention all the fluids coming out of his head. Yeah. Yeah. That was like Ebola or something. Yeah. That last, yeah, that last, uh, that last bloodstream coming out of the side of his uh, nose mm-hmm. was awesome. But again, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it wasn't poison. Maybe it was, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it was really a freaky effect. They did a really good job in making that horrifying, even though I knew it was coming. And even though I knew it was going to be gruesome, it was like horrifying to watch that. And again, they amped up the emotion and the drama with, with Jamie being there. I thought. Don't want to cut away without... Making sure everybody's got their last thing. Anything else? <laughs> boobs. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, my boob. My boobs are not showing. Not this time. Not tonight. <laughs> um, oh, so we have taking one for the team. <laughs> thanks, Shooch. So we did have a contest last week, although only two of our hosts actually submitted uh, guesses, which uh, <laughs> oops. 
So mm-hmm. Chuch and Viv, uh, the contest last week was uh, how many kisses would happen in the episode and how, how many named foods would there be, we were thinking, because of the wedding and the propensity of George to talk about all of the different foods on the well, table. And, and they had 77 courses, so that was of note in yeah, the book. I mean, yeah, and every time they had those shots, they had a different food. Every little place, every corner of every table had something yeah. different. But they didn't name. But we had a couple. Um, so our counts for kisses were three. We had one at the wedding itself between Marjorie and Joffrey, and then we had two small kisses between uh, Cersei and Marjorie's cheeks. So uh, that would be three. Um, Chooch had guessed two kisses. Viv had guessed six kisses, so Chooch wins on that one. Mm-hmm. The other part of the contest was named food. Uh, I counted boar, which was uh, Tyrion's oh, statement yeah. of the yeah, boar yeah. when he had the sausage, and he said, Jamie, try the boar. It's mm-hmm. especially good, blah, blah, There's blah. Then we had Marjorie yelling out, pie, at uh, when the pie was there. So <laughs> two, two named foods, and ah, uh, for that I one. I think we're having to lean into those because uh, we were expecting more yeah, formally named more detail, dishes, and yeah. we didn't get them, yeah. but... So technically, I think we're going to count those, but uh, we, we also understand. <laughs> it wasn't, we can acknowledge that that wasn't really what we had in mind. Well, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I my first initial reaction was zero because I thought there was so much that they were going to have to cram into an hour that they wouldn't have time to name the dishes. So I'm surprised that, you know, any were named. Yeah. But uh, Viv had two food, so she won that part. So it was a split between our hosts. For next week, and I will remember to actually put the survey up on the site for anybody that wants to uh, wants to guess from our audience. Uh, but for us, we have what do we want to do? I was thinking our old standby of deaths, but uh, uh, what else? We do standbys if we want anything else coming to mind. We can do boobs and deaths. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the classics. The classics. Ah, uh, they never go out of style. <laughs> Boobs and death. Do we want to know what the name of the episode is to be able to decide what the topics, the questions should be? Am I the only one that was holding off on seeing the name of the of the episode? Because I'll totally pull that. I always right forget now. to look. I did not look. I I have it if you want me to tell you, but I yes. Oh yes, Breaker. I say, say it. Breaker uh-huh. of chains. Breaker. Breaker of chains. Oh my god! Can not you death. See? I'm not counting that shit. Breaker of chains. <laughs> if that's what I think it is, I'm not breaking that. I'm not counting you. that high. Isn't it like a, a erasure reference? <laughs> chains of love. <laughs> no, I'm trying to start. Aww, PG, you know that song? Aww. I, I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. It's adorable. <laughs> I don't get that every day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's, well. Boobs and deaths and PG's counting. Boobs and deaths. Not deaths. Yep. Boobs, but... Oh, boobs. On-screen deaths. Yeah. All right. We got a, we got a battle. We have lots. You're counting. Not it. We'll second it. All right. Christiana, what was your rating for the uh, episode? Nine out of ten pigeons left in the pie. <laughs> okay. I've got to come up with another one. So somebody else has <laughs> oh, to. Sorry. Nine dead pigeons. <laughs> out of, uh, somebody Should else has to go. Choose. First. Uh, eight out of ten versions of Reigns of Castamere. 
You had right. to say that again. I think that, that has to be the last time they play the fucking song. Please. Has to be. Has yeah. to be. Uh, 10 out of 10 invisible hairnets. Very nice. Ah, Very book true. reference. Don't worry. Thank you. Cheers that you didn't get that. Nutty. I am going to give it 9 out of 10 purple Joffreys. <laughs> oh, purple Joffrey. Oh, purple Joffrey. I will go 9.5. 9.5 out of 10 arrows in Tansy's leg. So oh. that gives us a, an average of 91%. <laughs> oh, wow. Ten out of, 7 out of 10 slain pies. I'm Mike McCauley. Any other friends hey, in the audience? Hey, now, who is everyone's most disliked character now that Joffrey's bit the big one? Balon, Ramsey, Cersei, Bolton, Senior, Tywin, Ramsey, mm. McCreepy. There's yeah, still plenty I of them. Of, I'm leaning. It's tough between Tywin and Ramsey. I don't know. I uh, like Teal Wolf says nine out of ten covert glances. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Ramsey is the worst person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the most, but he has yeah. only really been mean to. Theon so far, which although I think we can agree and that Tansy. he has overdone it. And Tansy, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we haven't really seen him really hurt someone we liked before that um, yeah. yet. And so I think Tywin still has the, the he's the winner in terms of who's going to, who does the most damage to other people around him. He totally does. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm taking the question a little differently. Oh. And my, my most disliked character actually is Littlefinger. Oh. I don't like him and yeah. not going to like him when we see him again. For no, little, sir, I don't like, like him. Someday. No spoilers. So. <laughs> Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, so that was it for questions. Uh, I did have Sheriff Bullock saying uh, to my suggestion that they're going to change the Poisoner. That's an interesting possibility. Change the po- Poisoner in the series to surprise readers, then retcon it later in the book. So it's okay, considered John. canon when all is said and mm-hmm. done. Or just have a completely different, you know, have the book be different than the, the show. It's Asha. Um, what I've heard from Asha Yara. Yara Asha. Just no, Asha. Asha. And Asha that turn out to actually be the same person. <laughs> what what I've read from George is that he has no intention on the series changing the books. He's given them information. Whether they choose to deviate from it or not, he is fine with them having different results. Um, but he knows who did what, and he's not changing. So one quick question, one last thumbs up or thumbs down. Who thinks that George did a good job writing this episode? Oh yeah. I liked his previous Great. episodes better. Um, I think that one of the reasons is it's just early in the season. So. Yeah. But I, I liked it. It was really good. Pacing was really good. Uh, half the the episode was about the wedding, so that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Right Very on. Cool. Nine out of ten long overdue regicides. Sheriff <laughs> <laughs> sure, Bullock. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Was there anything on YouTube that we missed? Anybody was following that? Nope. Just somebody who showed up late. Okay. <laughs> went back to the beginning. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us live tonight. If you're listening to this after the fact, we'll uh, uh, hopefully get these episodes out uh, a little faster now. And then uh, 
we'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, I was thinking that actually the murder was going to, or Joffrey's death was going to be next episode, which was my fault. And that's why we didn't. Plus we were traveling. So mm-hmm. we did not do a live reaction show, but uh, I think we yeah, were all comatose by the time the yeah. show was over on Sunday yeah. night. Uh, we'll figure yeah. that out as far as doing another one of those, but uh, otherwise we will see you next Wednesday. If you come see us here at, uh, uh, on Hangout. Uh, so we'll see you next time on Beyond the Wall. Thanks, everybody. Bye. If you'd like to send feedback to Beyond the Wall, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. That's btw at s-p-e-c-f-i-c-m-e-d-i-a dot com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 704-315-5884. Or you can comment on the web. Go to specficmedia.com and there you'll find a shiny little button to click on that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. <laughs>